Sirius 206, XM 103. This is OB Radio. Wake up! Wake up, wake up, wake up! Up you wake, up you wake, up you wake, up you wake! This is Mr. Senior Love Daddy, your voice of choice. The world's only 12-hour strong man on the air. And that's the truth. Welcome to Bennington. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise I won't bore you. I want you to take your hand out of that bowl of Fritos, throw away your National Enquirer, and pick up the phone. Go ahead, pick it up. Talk radio. It's the last neighborhood in town. People just don't talk to each other anymore. You would be very lucky if in your whole life you saw the work of one genius. The form of the tragic autobiography is dead. Goodbye, written word. So I have chosen this form, radio. Author my life. Hashtag Bennington. This is Mr. Senior Love Daddy doing the nasty to your ears, your ears to the nasty. Eyes only play the platters that matter, the matters they platter. And that's the truth.
That is the house band uh, today for us. It's Nancy Sinatra and Lee Greenwood again. It is Bennington. I am Ron Bennington. With me, as always, is Gail Bennington. No relation. Hmm. And uh, today's program is being done in 14-degree weather. That's Lee Hazelwood. What did I call him? Greenwood. Lee Greenwood is an old stealer. (laughs) And I say that over and over. I would like to have him on as the house band. All right, let me just say this. Today's show is a nightmare. (laughs) It's totally ruined now. Well, I don't have... uh, I forgot my telephone. And this is this reminds me when I was out diving off the Great Barrier Reef and was the only person without an air tank. That's not good. And I had to say to other people, can I use some of your air? <laughs> Let me breathe in some of your air. This is the second Bennington that you're doing without a phone. I'm not good in the morning. <laughs> uh, I didn't get myself all together because I'm used to having quite a few hours before I start a show. Mm-hmm. So as I was sitting on the couch this morning watching Modern Family reruns, <laughs> I said... Um, what do you mean, already go in? <laughs> it, it is pretty early. It's way early. And I'm going to tell you something else. Um, not the best week for me. Something's haunting me. I probably shouldn't even get into it in public. But are you familiar with a comedian by the name of Joe List? I am. He's a very, very funny man. Uh, incredibly sweet person. But he made a statement offhandedly this week that has been haunting me. What is it? He said uh, David Bowie's overrated. So a couple of nights tossing and turning. Oh, boy. And I've decided I'm going to give it some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I won't be talking to him or seeing him. (laughs) But sometime probably within the next few months, I'm going to kill him with a stick. (laughs) And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and no one will suspect me because they're not going to think, oh, wasn't it three or four months ago he said Bowie was overrated? Who would that piss off? This is like a real life PC and D that you're experiencing with Joe List. And you need to find out what what does this mean to you? What, what, uh, explain the PC and D. PC and D was the game we were playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro, con, <laughs> yeah. neutral, deal breaker. Is this what is PC this? PC and D. PC and D. PC and D. Um, no, that's a deal breaker. Not yeah. only a deal breaker, it's a Joe List breaker. <laughs> so just forget that I ever even brought this up. But later, I'll kill him with a stick. But the, the way he just says it so offhandedly, and he goes like that, David Bowie. Speaking of overrated, oh, hey, no. <laughs> I don't think we were speaking of being overrated. <laughs> I think that he had that bullet in the chamber for quite some time. <laughs> so for you, it's PC and PCNDM. Yeah, the last miter, miter. Let's just say this: somebody's been jinxed, 
Is no one watching that show? You turned me on to it. I don't know. I feel like people should be talking about it. You know why? It's not on your iPod that you can listen to. Yeah, like that. it's like the cereal was huge. Everyone was talking about cereal. Guess who didn't listen to cereal? You. Me. I listened to it. Did you love it? Um, It's going to be unpopular, but no. It's overrated, Joe List. How do you like that? <laughs> Doesn't feel Speaking so good. Of overrated. <laughs> Cereal. You know, no, the, I just I enjoyed the beginning of it. Like I was very excited to start the case. I was very excited to figure things out. And then a couple episodes in, I was like, "Yeah, I wonder where this is going." And someone said, "Yeah, she doesn't even know they're doing uh, this every week." And I was like, "There's no plan. We're not going to get any answers. We need a plan. This here. is going to just fizzle out, and we're not gonna we're not gonna have any closure. Nothing else will be revealed. It's interesting once you lay out the." Initial information. Yeah. But we didn't get uh, much farther than that. We are just as confused by like episode two or three than like the way you are at the end. So they couldn't even figure out the murder serial. No. And she, I mean, I guess the most definitive thing is she says how she would have, how she would have come up with a verdict like if she was on the jury. So she was basically saying, like, I'm not I can't tell you for certain if he did or did not kill her. But I don't think that there's enough evidence here to convict, which I'm not saying is um, not interesting. But it was like a lot of build up for just like, you know what I mean? Like not a very big. Sure. Could somebody else do the show that can solve the crime? <laughs> exactly. But I guess it did. It did open a lot of things up. I think that they're relooking at that case now. So. Perhaps. Well, the the one on HBO right now mm -hmm. is so sobbed, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It just goes to show you how tough it is to get convictions against somebody with money. Yes. Because it's like if Jeffrey Gurian was a serial killer, <laughs> and then I had the bone saw, and I sawed off the arms, I sawed off the legs. <laughs> First I sawed off, and I, then I couldn't get the head off, you know. But that's what, a misdemeanor? And then the jury's just like, I kind of like this guy. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Look into my dead eyes and let me once again explain. I was raised with money, so I kill what I want to. <laughs> but mainly just my friends and loved ones. <laughs> Jesus, this guy. It's really, it's really scary. There's, But I think that because you know that he did it, there's no way that you're confused about that. The pressure's off and then now you're just enjoying a well, very weird story and delving into like deeper into his character. But you actually end up feeling sorry. Does did he have the wrong mics turned on? Is that what happened? No, it's just getting interference from both of them. But why, if unless the mic was turned on? Was it turned on, Eric? No, she just was sounding he, very hollow as soon as we moved. He can't get. Hey, that's mean. <laughs> yeah. This is what she sounded like. Hi, everyone. You sounded like Lana Del Rey, is what happened. so mean. That's part of the game. Um, that's part of the game. You're hollow. That's a good comeback. Speaking of hollow, yeah. you are hollow. Oh, somebody else hollow. Got it. Hmm. Who's that? Joe List. Oh. That craziness that he says. <laughs> don't go tweeting to him, warning him about the murder, alleged murder at this point. I have to get a bone saw. I think a jury would love you. I think. I see you walk in. Yeah, I walk in late without a phone. <laughs> and then I would be just saying to the people in the jury, look, I have this other thing on my mind right now, so I'd like to talk to you about it. It's Joe List. <laughs> First of all, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I give you 
Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust <laughs> and the Spiders from Mars. Exhibit A. If It Ain't Easy was taking off that album, it would be absolutely the perfect album. <laughs> That's your least favorite from the album? It's, I would say it's the human race's least favorite. Mm -hmm. It's not even written by Mr. Bowie. That's <laughs> what we call Bowie. him in Anglin. London, England. London, Anglin. Uh, uh, Max. Max in the Philippines. Hmm. Wants to, oh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. Oh, that's different. Uh, wants to talk about Jinx. First of all, Max, welcome to the show. Welcome to Bennington. Uh, Ronnie B, you sound like a million bucks, and so does Gail. It's an absolute honor to talk to you guys. Hmm, thanks. Um, I, I, I wanted to call in the other day. Drop about it. Jinx. It's, it's captivated me. It's the most batshit thing I've ever seen. He, he had it dead on with his dead eyes, his black little eyes, and I can't stop watching him. He's fucking crazy. You know, here it is. This is almost like the perfect New York thing, because you meet people in coffee shops in New York that you're like, oh, look at this semi-homeless person, and they're like, and, um, you know, and I used to be the photographer for the Beatles, and you're like, what? When did that, <laughs> you know, when did you get so interesting in the last two seconds? But, uh, there is something, he's like, uh, he's like dark energy, he's like he a black is. hole, and he brings all the light to him, and then kills it. And he really does have black, lifeless eyes. Yeah. Now, black here's what annoys like me. Black eyes like a doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Black eyes like a doll's eyes. Uh, here's what annoys me, too. I had seen the movie late at night, the Ryan Gosling movie, years ago. And they used the same house that he lived oh, in, weird. in the movie. So I'm like, I know this house. I go, this is the Ryan Gosling movie. So when you told me, I'm like texting you, I saw the Ryan Gosling movie. And then a couple, like 15 minutes later, they're going, uh, Ryan Gosling made a movie. And I'm like, oh, no, I look like an idiot. <laughs> First the Joe List thing, and now this. <laughs> so, but don't you agree, Max? Like, if you have money, the world is yours to go batshit crazy. And I mean an incredible amount of money. I don't mean rich like your cousin, you know, has money. I mean so much money that if someone says $250,000 bail, you have that money in your pocket. Yeah. He's well, like, if... If you're born into it, yeah. Like self-made people don't seem to go batshit crazy. But it's it's that Donald Trump. Like oh, I, no, he was I, I don't think I've met a self-made person that acts like that. that no, guy, you're right. There's a lot. Of the, world. It's a really good point because here's here's how it goes. If somebody makes, and I'm talking about billions and billions of dollars, they're a hardworking, probably obsessed person, right? Their kids are depressed because they don't know how to run a billion-dollar company. And then their grandkids shoot coke and heroin into their eyes <laughs> while they're having sex with dead dogs. You know what I mean? That third generation is just is completely off the rails. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Um, you can't be normal. You can't be a normal. I don't think you can have a normal childhood. And, and be, be that filthy within, rich. Yeah, within the bubble of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a protective layer around you at all times. And yeah, I think there's also probably a lack of self-confidence. Yeah, I mean, but you feel bad for the guy too. I mean, his mom killed himself, killed herself when she was, you know, when he was seven years right, old. But like, here's the thing. I know people whose parents committed suicide and they don't go around chopping up their friends. Like, you, you can always go backwards and find out. But you're responsible for your 
pain. It's very true. And I don't think that there's anyone that um, has committed a horrific crime that you couldn't go back into their childhood yeah. and pinpoint, okay, this is a terrible thing that happened to them. Right. They, they saw were abused the, as a child. Yeah. They witnessed something horrible, like whatever. Yeah. They were abandoned. There are tons of people who walk through this world who yeah. carry the same weight and they're amazing human and, beings. And We're just regular human yeah, beings. Yeah, they're, they're able to pull it off. But see, the thing is, is no matter how much pain is dealt to you, it's you then can't just go spreading it around. You have to find right. a way of dealing. You you know, that's a that's a bad set of cards that you got, you know, but you can't be sitting up there going, well, the reason why I was chopping up my friends is my uncle used to play incest tag with me. You know, what I mean, you can't that's like, well, I'll go. Ah, but then you then you got a bone saw and you started sawing <laughs> up your friends with it. So I can't let that go. I've got that on the paper here. The actual trial is amazing because you can really see what a good defense attorney is exactly. capable of doing. Exactly. It's, that's an incredible skill because you have seen people do it poorly and you have seen people who yeah. just are like... By the way, you know who does it poorly? Poor people's attorneys. Right. But when you have... Like, they're in the state of Texas. They hire the best two guys, the best two lawyers in the state of Texas. It reminds you of the OJ trial. Let me go out and just buy a dream team of lawyers, yeah. and we are going to pummel this DA, mm -hmm. and who's just a regular, you know, forty thousand dollar a year guy. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, you're like, "Well, I guess justice was served." But you can't ever really get fair in the system because not everybody has. They have a defense. They don't have the same kind of defense. Exactly. Yeah. Like, remember, uh, well, I say remember, it was like three weeks ago, but the American Sniper trial, uh -huh. that guy had a regular lawyer and he got his ass kicked yeah. because he's like, it's really hard to prove insanity. And it is unless you've got a lot of money and you're just pummeling this jury, bringing in different therapists and psychologists. And, you know, you look up and you see somebody like a lady in a jury crying and she's hearing this story, you know, like th they'll get the best. Because I think a lot they easily could have went with the defense for this guy that he was crazy and asked to kind of lessen the sentence. Right. But the fact that they're just like, no, this is the case. And it was just full confidence. You felt right. full confidence from that defense. Like from the defense. And normally, I think, I always think, no matter what side you're on, mm -hmm. whatever information you have, you probably have to just believe what you're saying in order to be good at it. So if you're a defense attorney and you're like, oh, he probably did it, but you kind of have to put that out of your mind and focus on it. When they're interviewing that defense team, you really get a sense of like, oh, yeah, we totally. We, you know, I mean, they don't out and out say it, but. Everything that they say implies this is how we coached him to get him out of this. Right. This is how we placed it. And I don't think that that's I mean, in my experience, I don't think I've heard tons of defense attorneys come that clean with their. Well, the thing is, defense attorneys understand something that the general public doesn't is like there's always these degrees of guilt. Right. Mm -hmm. So everybody is kind of guilty. In their eyes. And then the worse you get is the better the defense that you get. So it's like if you went to somebody who solves puzzles and said, I've got this incredibly difficult puzzle. They're going to go, great. 
That's what I've been waiting for my whole life. So they don't look at it from, see, the way the general public looks at defense attorneys, they want them to be judges and juries, but that's not their job at all, you know? And the listening to the people on the jury talk, that yeah. was so intense because it just reminds you that these are just like regular people who are so ready to be influenced like they're ready to just kind of eat up whatever information is given like i bet you that most people who sit on a jury lean back and forth to one side or another whoever's talking you know what i mean well like, like when just... you when you watch a good movie you know there's this there's this tv show coming on right now uh called american crime it's gonna be on abc <clears throat> and it's a crime story but instead of really focusing on the cops and attorneys, like every other show you've ever seen. They focus on the families, the victims' families, the accused families. Right. And almost anyone that they focus on at that time, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know. But here's another thing to remember about juries. They have zero legal background and have never even thought about any of this stuff mm -hmm. until you know they got called in for a jury. I mean, there's never been a situation. It's almost like if you said to people, uh, here's your number. You're going to be refereeing a football game this week. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> and everybody out there on the both teams is an expert. And you're just running around with a whistle trying to keep up. Well, so much of the beginning of any trial is like coaching them on what the law is. Yeah. The burden of proof and going over right. that kind of it's very redundant and they go over it a ton. I mean, I, I um was... uh. Not picked for jury duty, but I was like on a short list and it was yeah. very like close and it, it was crazy kind of how redundant the things that they had to say. But it was like these, no, none of these people have any experience with this and it kind of mm -hmm. has to be like really driven home what their job is here and the way that they have to look at it. Because it's not the way you it's not the way you're supposed to judge anything else in the rest of your life. That's really a good point. Like you never, you know, it's always you deciding here's the information. But they're saying, look, we don't want you to decide the rest of it. I was uh, up for jury duty before. And uh, so the the case was this this guy was selling her heroin. Mm -hmm. He was busted. So uh, but it was in front of a school that he was selling heroin. Right. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to get him for somehow and they, you know, so I'm on the jury and they're, and they're bringing up stuff. That, I mean, I'm in that little uh, chair and the judge is saying stuff and I'm going like this. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people are walking in front of schools. It doesn't mean that you're selling heroin to the school. And I go, and even if you think about it, there's bars near those schools. <laughs> so no one's ever going to say, hey, they're trying to serve alcohol to those kids. And the judge is going like this. And, and then I honestly say this. I go, if you really want to talk about the most dangerous drug, I think it's alcohol. <laughs> the judge is like this. What are you talking about? I'm not asking you to change the law. I'm asking you to judge this case. And he starts getting mad at me. I, 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 just a fellow off the street. And I go like this. But still. You know? But, but still. I mean, you're not going to deal with it, but I'm telling you. But it would be impossible to convict someone of who is guilty of a crime against a law that you don't believe in. It would it, be impossible to convict someone if I was on the jury. <laughs> it w I don't know if I... It would be really hard. Because if I heard, like, the state of New York versus Fez Watley, I'm always like, well, that's not fair. 
That's not a fair fight. That's a whole state. I got this one confused man. We're all against this guy. What say you? And I just, you would just see someone from the jury just step up and walk and stand shoulder to shoulder with him. <laughs> this is not happening on my first day. This is not happening on my walk. Hung jury. <laughs> But anyway, this show, which I guess no one is watching, this jinxed. I keep bringing it up to people, and I don't know anyone else is watching it. That's why I had to Well, I'm glad people aren't watching, because when they see that I put the head in in one bag, and I didn't know it was going to float. It floated. It's just the way, the matter-of-factness that you can talk about crime and feel like I really had... uh, you know, just a regular guy who cut up his friend. Uh, well, she disappeared. My wife disappeared. Everybody saw me kill her. But that doesn't necessarily mean I did it. His voice is so eerie. The, it's how flat and emotionless it is. God. There's mommy. Wave to mommy. Oh. That scene was so scary. Also, the way he often refers to himself in the third person. I think anybody who... Because that's somebody who's able to detach themselves from who they are. I think that that is maybe the biggest sign that he is capable of committing crimes. Somebody could look down on themselves and be like, Bob would do this and Bob (laughs) wouldn't do that. Like, that's weird. You're having an out-of-body experience talking about yourself. Yeah, you're looking at yourself... Uh, like you were looking at a, a like at a video game, and you're just sitting there making this character do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, wave to mommy, and I waved to her, and then she was off the roof. And my dad said to me, "Would you like some ice cream?" <laughs> but he was rich, so you know, whatever. But you know what? This also got to you. So this happened years before. And when they get that cop and it's like Texas, you know, detective, it would be normally just the type of guy that you'd probably think, I don't like him. And he started to tell the story and he's crying. And you see how important, you know what I mean? You see that cops will go into a business into that field to keep people safe, not just, hey, isn't it fun to yeah. have a gun and, a, and you know, be able to drive fast and have power over people. But you see that he felt so terrible that he didn't keep people safe. That was one of the more, like, shocking moments, I think, is just, like, watching that cop break down. And he, fa- he feel- feels like he failed right. the victim, that he feels like his job as a detective was to... Bring justice to the victim because you see horrible things and you want them to. You want people to know they're safe. Yeah. And I'm watching this and to see this weathered like Texas Ranger detective. And he just he's telling the story and he's starting to cry. And I'm sitting on my couch and I'm just like this pussy. And then I'm like, why did you wait? Why did you say that? You know, I mean, so you didn't solve the Joe List murder. okay? But in a lot of ways, didn't he bring it upon himself? That's not something Ron would say. Ron wouldn't do that. Here, watch my long, slow twitch after I lie. I twitch after I lie. <laughs> Look, that's the indicator that I, everything is a lie. Yeah, he has almost the most obvious tell I think I've ever right. seen. Where it's just like the most severe 
blink, his whole body just like convulses. Like, I Ugh. didn't kill her. Ugh. Uh, 866-766-0339. Um, if you're just waking up now, you're listening to Tales of Murder. <laughs> hashtag Bennington. The show is called Jinx on HBO. There's only a couple more episodes left. Yeah, two, I think. Unless he goes out and commits more murders within the next few weeks. <laughs> uh, Jack in D.C. Jack. Right, I was just going to say that. I was curious how many, any, how many more episodes are left. It's like, how many more motherfuckers is this guy going to kill? Yeah, I know. If, by the time we get to Kennedy, I think. Um, <laughs> that happens to be my last name. Hey, yeah. um, well, where do you live? I live in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what about at the end of at the end of episode three, at the end of the interview, when he starts coaching himself and rehearsing the oh god talking to himself and the lawyer what had to come in and go like uh dude everybody hears you yeah what the fuck was that about it was really a weird moment i was wondering like i don't know if there's like a moral obligation there if you're like a documentarian do you look at it the same way maybe a journalist looks at it like obviously a journalist would include something like that but do you feel like you're being do you think? Did you feel like that was a dishonest moment to include that, or you were no. like, no, because it's it, it, you know it's not like if it's not like he's an entertainer or something, <laughs> and this is just uh, a fun, interesting thing. This is the show. I'm in the room with a cold blooded killer, right? Who plans things, uh, and and the fact is, he's not like a brilliant guy. Yeah, it's just. That, no one else would do this shit. And then no one else has, you know, this bottomless set of funds to defend himself. Yeah, to cover things up and to escape when he needs to. Exactly. I mean, if you look at this, there's part of you who goes, boy, our system just isn't, it just isn't fair, you know, because, you know, the victims don't have this kind of money, the, the, the victims' families. Also, the fact of, like, it even makes you think, you know, what do you want out of the judicial system? And a big part of it, even though we say it's not, it's revenge. You know what I mean? Like, if a, jury, if a DA was being honest, he would, like, point to the mother and go, she deserves her revenge. Because that's what you kind of feel. Yeah. And you can't really blame, especially if you're looking from the perspective of a victim's family. And I wonder how how much that um, helped his defense, that this guy was a loner. He didn't have anyone there. Like, there was no focal point to see, like, a grieving wife or a crying mother or, you know what I mean? Someone yeah. to humanize him. This guy... Was the victim? Yeah, the victim was um, a loner. He seemed like he was kind of like a crotchety old man. So I think um, that probably helped the jury because they only had um, Durst to humanize. Right. They couldn't really think of that other guy as a human because they had no ties to his life. Uh, here is Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, uh, the question I have is that scene where uh, they ended the interview and the mic was hot. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that seem like that was staged, though, no. to you? 
No, because I've done, uh, uh, when I first started radio, my partner and I went and hosted a, some kind of like a weekend of Star Trek things or whatever it was. Like, you ever see those weekends where you just have two hosts who pop in every half an hour? <laughs> like, hey, man, Star Trek's still kicking ass. <laughs> and uh, during one of the breaks that we had, I went and pissed and came back and the whole crew was like laughing. Like, we heard you piss. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> What did it sound like? Was it a nice, frothy man piss? Or did it just seem like a little girl was tinkling? So, yeah, that that happens all the time. You forget that you're mic'd. Especially you know? people who aren't used to being mic'd. You're right. it's attached to your shirt. It's not like there's a microphone in front of your face. So it's it's possible. Also, I think if it was staged... I think that they probably would have went with something a little deeper. It was so eerie because it wasn't kind of... A huge revelation. He's just coaching himself like, I didn't intentionally lie. Like, he keeps saying it right. over and over. Like, he's just practicing this this script. But it's not like, <laughs> you know, the, the filmmaker walks away and he's like, I did kill him or something. You know, right. that's why I kind of feel like it's, it wasn't a staged moment. And there's very little that... Uh, anybody could do about that. You know what I mean? Like, there's very little... Anyone could do. Uh, Tori, Tori, you're on the Tony, you're on the run of Fed. Oh, you're on Beddington. Yes. Yeah, good morning. Hey. Hey, so there, it looks like there is somebody else who watches that Jinx show because uh, everyone I mention it to has never even heard of it, you know, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But the thing <laughs> is, when, I, when, I look, when we look at the guy, have you ever seen anybody who looks uh, more guilty? You know? No, he's a very guilty-looking person Yeah, uh, because he's so joyless and weird. <laughs> but the thing is, to me, if he, you know, if he really was guilty why of, of the wife's murder, I mean, why would he expose himself to public scrutiny like this? I mean, Why, when he's on the lam for murder, did he steal a hoagie when he had <laughs> money in his pocket and in the car? Because he's nuts. He's crazy. Now, yeah. he, that, that doesn't mean insane, because he knows the difference between right and wrong, and that's yeah. the whole thing there. But he definitely is a person who is not thinking other than a moment-to-moment deal. Yeah. It's kind of like an animal or something. It's right. like he's only out to please himself in that moment, and he's he's acting on his emotions. He's He doesn't think things through. I mean, him going into a Wegmans while he's on the lam and stealing a sandwich, throwing a hoagie in his jacket, and he can't even explain why. And then on top of that, it's not like cops showed up. The security guards were like, right. hey, you're going to have to come with us. And he went with them. Do you know how easy it would have been for him to be like, uh, no, I got to go, or here's the sandwich and run away? Like, yeah. There was part of him that just, I and think they, that he's just living in the moment, always. Yeah, it's Doesn't, almost like you're saying, what, you know, you come home and the dog had climbed on the table and ate the cake and then shit all over the floor. Right. The dog is not looking like, oh, that dude's going to be back later. But then when he does see you, he's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know. But he, he wasn't sitting worrying about it until right. that second. <laughs> I'll just deal with this later. Yeah, it's nothing, really. <laughs> this is something that'll blow over. Maybe the house will burn down. You know, why are we getting upset? <laughs> Anyway, that's the uh, the TV show, Jinxed. And you know what? I this is what I hate about true crime. 
If someone said to me, do you like true crime? I could be like, no. Mm-hmm. And yet it's hard not to. And I, I go out of my way not to watch Dateline or any of those yeah. shows because I don't want to feel bad all the time. Do you ever get in, like invested in those high uh, profile cases ever? Uh, I try not to because they tend to be killing babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the OJ case, the, everyone in the United States of America was locked into that. Yeah. Um so much, I'll tell you this, I was on the air in uh, Florida at the time, and the day of the OJ trial, there will there'll never be anything this big again. We randomly called, right, seven different continents. We just called either hotels or stores or whatever, mm-hmm. and we said, uh, the OJ trial is going down today, without knowing, any, asking who they were, do you think he's going to be guilty or not guilty, and every continent... Antarctica, Africa, they all had an opinion. The entire world was paying attention to this murder trial. Even people who had never watched football before. Absolutely. And um, I was a kid, and children were discussing the case because their parents were always watching the news. and Like, children had thoughts and information to share with each other about what they had learned about the the case, the trial. Yeah, but uh, come on, that glove. Come on. You know, like, th- this was a conversation, like, on the playground, which is crazy. It was I, huge. I remember being in a restaurant and just, like, we were... Everyone's in a restaurant, and you just hear somebody like slam their hand down, and they go like this: "Why wasn't the ice cream melted then? In the entire time?" And people are around the thing on like this. I've had ice cream out on my, uh, you know. People would start yelling back about the ice cream. Yeah. I've had ice cream sit on my counter for half an hour, and I still couldn't push a spoon through it. I'm like, what? What has happened? I'm like this, ladies and gentlemen. I implore you: What has happened to the United States? We also, my class, um, listened live on the radio to the verdict, which I wonder why they thought that was good. I mean, because like, the teacher wanted to hear yeah, it. Yeah, like, I guess now I realize that my teacher wanted to listen to it, but she framed it as this is uh, yeah, this, this is, is important. A, this is important. This is news. This is history. But really, it's just a high profile case. It was not necessary for us to. Uh... Kids, we're, we're going to study murder porn for a little bit today. <laughs> but here was the thing we called those seven continents. Every white continent thought he was guilty and every non-white continent thought he was innocent. Interesting. And that's a true story. Because, like, we called, a, 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 you know, Antarctica, and those uh, scientists are like, yep, did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, you call Africa, no way. You know, this is, the, the, you know, they're clicking and going on, and I'm like, all right, easy, everybody. Very polarizing. It was, but at least that settled the race debate in America, and it's over now. I know. I'm so glad we solved that. We solved everything. We move on. We solve everything quickly through screaming. You can just check that off the list. Uh, Bishop Egan died in New York City yesterday. He was our Catholic bishop uh, for many, many years. His last words, have you heard it? No. His last words were, there is no God. I'm going to disappear. No. (laughs) Are you that gullible? No, I was just trying to sell it. (laughs) Well, it worked. No. <laughs> yeah. He said you're better to run through the streets taking drugs and raping because there's no <laughs> heavenly responsibility. Heaven 
this would stop people from raping? Oh, yeah. That's why it was invented in the first place, to keep big guys down. That's great. Do you think that... uh, 100%. But there are so many atheists out there. Yeah. Do you think that they... Because I think atheists are like, I kind of think... Just in case, I'm not going to rape anybody or commit any murders. <laughs> That's kind of how I am. But don't you think it makes total sense to say to large guys, like back when you were putting together, by the way, you guys, you could beat everybody up and rape them, but if you want to live in heaven nicely and not burn, you <laughs> yeah. won't. And then that guy will go like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No rape. It's like when you're a kid, Santa. Santa's watching. That's still Santa real. Santa knows. That's still real. Don't kid yourself. There is a Santa. There is a Santa, but there's no God, which is weird. Uh, Denise wants to uh, tell us something, Denise, from... <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm your funny regular Friday caller. What is um, it, Denise? Hey, um, back during the OJ, the actual verdict came in. I was working with at and and um, I went down to what was called the Network Operations Center, so that's where we monitored call volumes and see what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I went down there so I could watch it on CNN, but we also watched the call volumes, and the call volumes across this entire country just literally went to nothing. Hippo. Because everybody got off their phones so they could watch the verdict. So it was really cool. Very cool. Had that ever happened dropped. before under any circumstances? Not that I know of, obviously, I've never, I was there forever, um, but we watched the call volumes go up on, like, Father's Day, Mother's Day, because everybody's calling their mother and their father on those days, so we see that kind of volume, but nothing like like that, and everybody in the place, you know, unfortunately, everybody was white, and everybody's mouth just dropped to the floor when we heard the verdict, it was just like, holy shit. Yeah, there was... Um... White people were surprised yeah. and shocked. It was like the most surprised. Well, I guess it's when like you're a Yankees fan and you just see somebody hit a walk-off home run and win the World Series against you. You're like, what? <laughs> right. I don't understand how that could happen. <laughs> now, the next thing, uh, the next time that nobody was talking was when they announced Shady McCoy was traded out of Philadelphia for no reason. Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, we have more salary cap. Unbelievable. More salary cap to what? Get players yeah. as good as Shady? We, no. no <laughs> I we don't, don't understand it. I love Shady. Everybody loves Shady. The real McCoy, as I call him. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's never been done before. <laughs> I did. I invented that. Well, when he scores, I call him the unreal McCoy. But, you know, they do these, you know, they have these math equations now, and that's how quickly it turns on you. Who's the kid that they traded the year, like the season before? I wish I could remember his name, but he oh. was really great, too, and I was really pissed about that. Yeah, uh, he went to Washington and did nothing. Yeah. What's, I can't think of his name, but that, I I was bummed on that one, too. A-Train's going to be all over this, because mm-hmm. my, yeah. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. He's the man. Yeah. He's the man. But I was having a, I'm going to call it a junior moment where I couldn't recall his name. (laughs) A junior moment is when a baby is too stupid to know something. I'm having a junior moment. I'm having a junior moment right now. (laughs) 
Hey, here's some good news. I guess if you're in PETA, the uh, elephants are being fired from um, Ringling Brothers. What'd they do? Well, <laughs> they're eating. They caught them in the peanuts again. <laughs> um, so what happens? They say they're going to phase them out mm-hmm. over the next four years. In other words, your last time to see the elephants this is going to bring people right, in of from all over to see elephants do stuff. But, you know, a lot of people were feeling great about it, this because they always felt sorry for the Well, I'll say by the early 80s, they started to feel sorry. Before that, everybody oh, just thought it was cares. great. I remember when I went to the circus with a, when I was a kid, my Uncle Bill. Uh, took me and at one point the ringmaster comes out and he says kids come down to the side and throw stuff at the elephants no. and we we're just chucking stuff and we're just so happy <laughs> oh no yeah um i'm sure there's a ton of people who are like, <laughs> we've always had elephants at this circus and we don't want it to change i mean well, there's so many people who take hard stances on things like they don't care about really yeah. You know, they're like, that's the way it was when I was a kid, and that's the way it should always be. But this person is not going to the circus every No year. one goes to the circus. I mean, not since TV was invented. <laughs> you know, there's no reason to go. You know, the circus was monstrous when you just had no connection to anything. Um, you know, kids on farms were seeing elephants and lions for the first time ever. Yeah. But it's not enough to see one. You got to see them lean on a ball and try to walk. <laughs> um, but see, here's the thing. And this is the problem with progress is you get something and then you find out it doesn't work out. So they're replacing the elephants with fat children. Uh, and I, yeah. Oh, no. You don't mean <laughs> fat children. Yeah. <laughs> they're replacing them with fat children. Oh my and they're going to make fat children walk on that ball. <laughs> and then they, you know, when the elephants leaves, I just see the lions looking over like, what? Did, did they say anyone else? Can, <laughs> did they mention anybody else? Now, where are they? Where are they going to retire to? Uh, a a nice park place? in uh, in somewhere in central Florida, of course, nice. where the kids can come by and for fifteen dollars can throw stuff at the elephants. No, <laughs> stop throwing things at elephants. Darts. <laughs> <laughs> that kid just hit an elephant with a dart. Who else wants to step up here? It did take a while for people to start feeling bad for animals. I I had no idea when I was younger I should have. What's the best animal act you ever saw in your life? Best animal act. Because I saw one that was unbelievable in Key West. A guy was like doing a lion tamer thing, but with house cats and it was the funniest shit I ever saw. Really? Like, he had, like, a little fiery ring, and this house cat jumped through it. Oh, I think I was there. Yeah, it was, was... amazing. Yeah, well, you, yeah, but you were looking at it, other stuff. Like, isn't there a roller coaster? <laughs> <sighs> I started smoking at a young age. Seven. <laughs> at seven, because we thought it looked cool. <laughs> but, but I quit young, so that's good. I think, uh, well, yeah, because you had a hacking cough by nine. <laughs> so cute it's so cute to see a little one with tuberculosis the way their little bodies jiggle when they cough <laughs> i actually did notice that like when i was smoking that my voice had changed hello and i was i was like if i stay on this course i know what i'm gonna sound like i should probably say. well when people talk to you on the phone they say i'll be right back sir and you're like no i'm a i'm a 19 year old girl 
Um, but kids shouldn't smoke unless they want to look cool. I know. Unless they want to pick up girls, I know they should. That is always what you told my friends when I was a kid. <laughs> I was kind of an annoying person. <laughs> you know, I did a bad job, okay? Is that it? Does everyone It always want? got a big laugh, though. I know. Well, but, just say the wrong thing. And then some kids always, like, it's funny to do it to little kids, because sometimes yeah. they're, no! No, we, we learn at school. We won't smoke. It's bad. And I go like this. You want to smoke, you don't want to end up like a Jew, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, kids? <laughs> Great lessons. <laughs> you know who doesn't smoke? Jews. Anyway. <laughs> poop. Huh? Poop. That's all you got to do to make a kid laugh. Oh, yeah. You drop the goddamn P word and everybody's losing it. <laughs> uh, Eric in Chicago wants to uh, bring up something. What's up, Iraq? Good morning, Bennington. I'm a high school teacher, and we had an idea okay. a couple of years ago for a charity game. It's called Donkey Basketball. I've seen Donkey are Basketball. a traveling group. Yeah. I saw that when I was a kid, Donkey Basketball, and I saw Donkey Softball. Wow. Yeah, I've lived yeah. quite a life. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the, the donkey... problem that kid had with it, I didn't know this, but they have to put like these like kind of tarps underneath their balls, so if they shit, they don't ruin the basketball court. Mm-hmm. So apparently... In order to, like, make this go smoother, they starve the donkeys for, like, two days before they have a play. Oh. And there's, like, videos of, like, starving donkeys. So we went to do this very, we, we thought, and in, like, just charity event, we got a ton of negative press. We ended up having to cancel it because of starving donkeys. Oh, gosh. Why not just play against homeless people and then put tarps into them in case they shit? That's a good idea. And that way humans are working. And throw them a buck, you know? Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to throw many money. I'm a buck. Ted in Indiana. Morning, Bennington. Good morning. Hey, Ron, uh, I want to tell you about the time I went to the circus. And, you know, they either have the seals and the lions and the apes and whatever, and none of them this day were going to cooperate with anybody. The first thing was the they had a big monkey ape on a chain riding a motorcycle in the circus around in a circle the monkey jumps off the motorcycle starts throwing the chain back at the guy the lions weren't going to get on the balls the seals weren't touching the horns it was like they all got together and said not doing it it's like a pixar movie you know where just the day the animals revolt at the pixar movie we're done with this shit Uh, yeah uh and literally my kids were like well i guess we're not going to the circus anymore (laughs) All right, I'm reading hashtag Bennington, and April said, in England, they do not say Bowie, they say Bowie. Bowie. I didn't know that, David Bowie. Because Gervais always says, when I was a kid, I was a fan of David Bowie's. David Bowie. Yeah. There's a star, man! I remember that, um... Remember um, Avril Lavigne, the... (laughs) Remember? Got a poster up. (laughs) Um... I I kind of remember her having to do something at an award show, and she said David Bowie, and she got a lot of shit for it. See, <laughs> like, we were not wrong. Not to be sound English, but yeah. I mean, she's Canadian, so maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah, they know better. They but do. they just treated it like she doesn't know who David she's Bowie is. She's an idiot. Yeah. By the way, her name she's is Avril Lavigne. 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 <laughs> is there an is there a Lavigne here? <laughs> Anywhere? It's Levine. Um, 
What, what's up with Avril? I know she did that whole boyfriend song. Um, I'm going to get you your boyfriend. You know what? I saw something like, maybe it was like a year ago. She had another single out. And she just ripped off the Gwen Stefani comeback and just had a bunch of Harajuku girls. And I was like, this is weird because it's only like... You know, like five or six years after Gwen Stefani did the same thing. Yeah, but it's when really you, bizarre. When your audience is nine, you can yeah, do that. You can get away with it. They're like Gwen Stefani. Who's that? Uh, here's uh, Kevin in South Carolina. You're on the Run Fed Show. Good morning, Bennington. Uh, hey, Ronnie, uh, do you remember the diving horse in Atlantic City? Yeah, Steel Pier. Yeah. And I, if I recall, I was little. He just jumped off a board and went into a pool with a lady on his back, did he? That was the Yeah, act. it went right into the ocean, but he got shocked oh, in the okay. ass, they said. <laughs> they used to shock him on the ass to make him jump. No, sh- Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I was, like, very disappointed. I was like, that's all he does? <laughs> I actually saw, I just remembered this, I saw the last living diving horse in the U.S. You saw it get killed? No, I mean, oh, I saw... you said last. I, I saw... Where was it? It's in um, Lake George, New York, upstate New York. And there is a very weird little... It's like a, like a... Kind of like a theme park, but it's very old school and very creepy. It's like all this stuff is like ancient and not right. really updated at all. But I had read that they had the last diving horse... In America, because they don't do it anymore. How far did it dive? I mean, to be honest with you, it's not like the impressive one that they yeah. used to have. It's like, like he's just like a chubby little pony jumping into the water. But it was like but amazing. What are we saying? Six last... feet, twelve feet. Well, there it is. That's it. Well, we're on the radio. Um, <laughs> well, everyone should just look at that. <laughs> I don't know. I would say twenty feet, thirty feet. That's pretty good. Yeah. And I don't it's know cute. You... Like it wasn't like it's not like the way if you've seen like old pictures of it or they run and then jump. <laughs> this chubby little pony just kind of walks up to the edge and then just hops in. But it it was crazy. Look, there uh, you go. Lake George. Uh, Lake George is an amazing place because that's not twenty feet. That's like six feet. No, that was <laughs> like a good twenty feet. No way. Look, what are you crazy? Look. look. That's, that's not six feet. That maybe really? at most it's eight feet, but uh, children could dunk on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's that magic forest. Magic forest, it? yeah. In uh, Lake George. Lake George is, it's like driving into a time machine. It's like the, land, the time forgot because it has this 1958 yeah. kind of Davy Crockett. It does. You know? And this particular place is totally surreal. It's just like all. All old, like it has a giant Uncle Sam standing next to a giant um, Santa Claus standing just, just, next to yeah. each other outside. It's you know why? Because totally kids bizarre. see that and they're like, "We've got to go in there. <laughs> Everything is giant, <laughs> and a horse jumps six feet." <laughs> Good twenty, solid twenty. No, but you ought yeah, to be pitching don't... that shit if you're saying 20 feet. 20 <laughs> feet, ladies and gentlemen. Step right he, up. up. in the air there. It's got to be up to 20 feet. It's right above that little girl's head. <laughs> I do have carny blood. So. Um, who doesn't? Let's, um, here's Kevin in New York. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, hey. Dale. Hi. Buck 298. 
Hey, I watched a, 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 a newscast on the elephants last night on ABC or NBC, one of them big ones. And they're taking them out of the show because of uh, supposedly they're not being treated right or anything. And then they show they're going to retire them down to their facility in Florida, and these elephants are going to be living in little enclosed pens about as big as somebody's backyard. Now, how's that any better? Well, just because something else is bad doesn't mean that the first thing is right. Yeah, they probably shouldn't be traveling the way they are. I mean, where they're supposed (laughs) to live is like Africa or India, not in, you know, central Florida or... You know, in the and being just, paraded through the tunnel. Yeah, being par- oh god, this would be our last years to see it, mm-hmm. and I never go out in the middle of night. Never, to, yeah, I, I want to see it. it. I bet a lot of people show up. Shit, I've always wanted to see that. Mm-hmm. Just see elephants running through a tunnel in the middle of, <laughs> of New York, and a lot of people go out and they're just like, "There they are, kids! There they are!" Now we don't have to go to the circus. But see, the thing is, is like, you know, if a kid really wants to see an elephant, he can go on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Do you like zoos? Um, I, I, I have enjoyed a zoo or two. Sure. That's awful. Remember we went to one of those zoos where you just drive through? Like there's no, there's no enclosures? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was um, great, one of the great adventures, I think. <laughs> Yeah, the, we went to one in, was it in South Dakota? Um, there was a bear one that we went to, and then we went to one in South Florida. Well, the one that you went to in South Dakota was like an actual national park. No, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, I guess you're It right. was a national park where there was just bears and buffaloes and shit. That um, was crazy. Yeah, but I'm glad that you think of it as a zoo. I'm glad you thought, <laughs> thought Daddy spent seven bucks instead of taking everyone across the country. <laughs> God damn it. Um The uh, there's something I don't know whether it went up on the iBang yet this morning, but it's one of those parks that had a lion in it, uh, and you got to see it. Uh, I got to find out whether it's up yet or not. Um, I'll get right back to you. Here's uh, Grady. Grady, you're on the Run Fed Show. Hey, good morning. Great to talk to you both. Uh, listen to you often. Glad you're on on Friday morning. Oh, cool. Um, I, I have to share, listening to your story about uh, circus animals, uh, there's a traveling circus who uh, comes to Charleston every year. You know, it's like the budget circus with the, sure. the real big top and uh, comes to the fairgrounds. Well, I took the kids when they were little. And, you know, they give the cheap seats away for free, but you have to pay $8 to get the VIP seats. And so watching the circus, they bring the tigers into the center ring. They're going round and round. Each one gets up on their stand, and then the the main act gets up on his stand, which is higher than most. He's facing us, and as soon as he gets up on the stand, the tail goes up, and a stream comes out like a freaking garden hose it's hitting the folks who are sitting in the vip seat across from us it's dripping off the kids the moms are freaking out they're handing other people are handing them napkins they're wiping them off and the crazy thing is 
nobody freaking leaves. They sit and watch. I wouldn't either. I, I would take the I would take the hot tiger piss. <laughs> it was so I couldn't believe it. I still tell that story all the time. You should. <laughs> I remember like when they took us into Philly when I was like in first or second grade to the zoo. And the zoo, uh, the monkeys were just chucking shit at the children. And it was about as happy as we had been the whole year. <laughs> I was like, that's my poop! And kids were just <laughs> running in every which way. It was just wonderful. I saw that at the old chimp farm in <sighs> Florida. You remember the chimp farm? To remember the chimp farm? You can't beat a, a, a chimp. <laughs> can't even beat a monkey. Got but, my eyelid tore, my finger tore. <laughs> All right, go over to the iBang A-Train, and we got to see this uh, Lion Park. It just went up, um, or perhaps not. Perhaps we're a little slow here. Boy, we're thrown off today. You know what? I'm cut off from the world because I don't have I a, a, a smartphone. I feel great. I have an hour and a half extra sleep that I normally do when I do Bennington. Is that right? I'm good about it. Can I have your uh, phone then? Mm. Can I keep it? No. You can hold it, but I'm not going to give you the passcode. All right, here is, uh, if you go over to the iBank and check this out, here, go back to the beginning of it, A-Train, and give us some volume, Shelby. You want to stay involved. You're in, in a show, right? Give us volume. Um, okay, Daddy. Nice volume. Car, you're going to have to... She... Watch yeah, this lion comes up to the car. Did you video that? Yeah, but it's not a very good one. I'm sure this is Africa where they are. Yikes. Just lions hanging around outside of the car. And one's right up to the car. Right up to the car. The lion opens the car door. Bring it up again. The lion opens the car door. That is insane. Now, remember when the raptors did that yeah. in Jurassic Park? They were able to figure out how to open the little fridge. And then I was, and then people were like this later. You know, it was fake. It was the raptors opening up a door. I go, <laughs> not the fact that this guy grew dinosaurs <laughs> in his island. That's not fake. I loved that movie as a kid. That's well, just so exciting. It was the last movie where I let anybody bring up the CGI. You know what I mean? Like. After that, I'm like, I don't care anymore. It's all good. Yeah, but if you watch that movie, it looks better than the CGI that they have now. Right. Because right. they because they were doing something really clever where the dinosaurs from far away, they were using um, CGI. CGI. And then all the up-close stuff was animatronics. That's because so, it was Spielberg. They and it's real. So you're looking at something that's real. Except, like when you see CGI and someone like CGI is like... Spider-Man's face and it just doesn't look right. It's yeah. stupid. I like to see like the little green outline on the end of it. That <laughs> that kind of puts me in the movie. That's the movie magic. But how amazing is that? That these kids with their dad and the lion opens up the door to eat the family. <laughs> to eat and then. But that just like, shows you like it's just a big cat. Like it's just like pawing yeah. at the door, like like the way a cat like can. 
Yeah. Can open doors. It's just a large cat. That's all. God, that's amazing. It's up on the Interrobang this morning. You will see a lion open a car door and eat the two youngest girls in the back seat. It did not eat mom because she gets the right shotgun. I'm sitting next to your dad. Shoddy. Mom always Shoddy. has to call Shoddy. <laughs> Shoddy, everybody. You, I call Shoddy. You know uh, why mom gets Shoddy? Because hmm. it's your birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> and they got to deal with the map. Remember yeah. when parents had maps? <laughs> Kids, shut up. We're looking at a map right now. Parents used to have to use maps in order to get you places. And now they don't have to. We take this red line for about six inches, and then we make a right at a blue line. It's so bizarre to think. I I can't imagine navigating now. I can't imagine having to take out a map. Ugh, hope this is right. Hope I hope I'm looking at this correctly. See, this hope is we the, don't end up in the wrong city. See, the thing is, men used to love to look at maps. That's all they would care about. A lot of times, you'd just be sitting there at your house looking at a map. Mm-hmm. All right, if Let's I plan ever, this out. If I ever go to British Columbia, I know exactly where I'm going. <laughs> Are you planning a vacation? Kind of. What do you mean? I'm not going there. I'm just planning it. Just just the planning part. Just the planning. Well, when I was a kid, as soon as they gave us a map in school, I was thrilled. And what I used to always like to do is sometimes I would trace the map, you know, and then figure it out changing borders as you would conquer those areas. <laughs> so you could actually bring one. our troops in and go right down to the river, Frades, and have that area. But I think that's why men got um, involved in war in the first place. A love of maps. Um, yeah. My little brother loved maps, too. Like, if we went to a theme park, he always wanted to be, like, the one. I'll hold the map. I got it. I'll, I'll tell you when Futureland is. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, everyone. Follow me. We're going past the banana stand <laughs> and then straight to Futureland. Uh was that, a, was that a break thing you gave me? Because you're in the dark and I can't see you, Rick. No, I was just what you were saying about maps is when I got my first car, my dad the, in the front seat there was the yellow Rand McNally book for <laughs> Long Fantastic. Island, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Love a map. Men love a map. But now, uh, you know, you just have some little robot and a phone mm-hmm. telling you where. Well, I don't because I don't have a phone anymore. Right. But a little robot in a phone will tell you where to go. And that's... Gives up a lot of the excitement. It does. Uh, Jason, you're on the Run of show. Hey, Ronnie and uh, Gail. Hey. Um, about the lady driving through the uh, thing and having the line open up her door. I was always thought years ago when you went to bad neighbors like that, you're supposed to lock your doors. You know, one time um, we were in the city of Philadelphia, and uh, it was during the, you know, the frightening time of... If you're driving through there, try to make sure you stay alive. Mm. And uh, so we pull up to this light, and there's all these black kids that were just standing on the corner. And my cousin, Flossie, <laughs> as she's looking at them, she just leans over slowly and locks the oh, door. God. And they all just fall out laughing. <laughs> they just fell on the ground laughing. Just like, just the fact that someone would slowly lock the door. We're safe now from you. <laughs> this thin pane of glass keeps us away from civil unrest. <laughs> I just decided to lock this just right now at this moment. 
Yeah. No reason, just because I realized it was unlocked. Not because of you. Well, only because I saw a video where a lion was able to do that. (laughs) And if I thought that could happen, so could inner city youths. (laughs) They would find a way to open a door, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we didn't bring this up. Harrison Ford crash-landed his vintage plane. And when I first saw it pop out, the breaking news, it sounded like Harrison Ford was gone. Yeah, I, I saw the headline and was too freaked out to even look at it i had to take a moment now they just said that he had head stuff yeah i hope like not in that movie mm. remember that movie where he kind of turned into a little boy yeah, again because yeah. he got shot in the head i think but he was kind of he was kind of stumbling around right when they found him yeah i don't, I don't have any more details once i found out he was going to be okay yeah. I just moved on to make sure that Luke Skywalker was fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like people are going like, why would anyone his age be up in a vintage plane? <laughs> I don't get it. You age out of planes? Yeah. At a, at a certain time, you stop being in daredevil. Right. You know, planes. But, you know, the guy, I don't know. I think maybe I'd be more of a daredevil the older I got. So as you get like in your 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Try skydiving. Why not? That's why, you know, if we want to just shoot up test rockets to Mars, <laughs> tell them with the elderly. <laughs> exactly. But it's going to be hard to explain the technology, though. Because here's a, you know, the Delta flight skipped off the runway yesterday, too. It's too bizarre. Yeah. Too crazy. A lot of plane stuff yesterday. I just like, uh, I know, all at the same time. I know. Like, did it land? <laughs> um, but the, uh, no, I know. I you was, losing it that's why i don't have to worry anymore because you do yeah but uh, i just like i wish i was there when iraq's dad was like you're a man now i'm giving you a map of the tri-state area this can take you anywhere your dreams will (laughs) that's a big day for a young man well do you remember too like if you would go like into like a howard johnson's or a ramada inn they would give you a thing of how to get to all their there are oh, hotels yeah, yeah. around the country, yeah. and on, all those things are gone. And people used to be like in the binder, you know. Well, we got a great business. We make ups. We we put together books for Howard Johnsons, <laughs> and then they're like, "We don't need you anymore." There's an app for that. <sighs> There's an app for it. Doesn't need to exist anymore. Uh, Jay in California. Listen, prick. On behalf of all the nerds. It's fucking Han Solo, not Luke Skywalker. I go back and listen, Dick, and and the whole point was, now that I have Han Solo safe, I went to check on Luke Skywalker. Look, here's another thing. Here's another thing. You and your nerd nation have won, okay? (laughs) You rule the world. You've shat upon every goddamn movie theater in America. You're no longer the minority. You're not the minority. You're the majority and the majority of nerds. You're the nerd majority. I'm going to bring this up when we come back. We got a break first. Okay. Um, Mappy, take us out of this. It's Bennington. Bennington will be right back. Tweet hashtag Bennington in the meantime. Only on Opie Radio, XM 103, Sirius 206. You know, Gail... 
you're young and you don't remember when boxing was king. During my lifetime, the biggest thing you could do was boxing, but boxing hasn't been on NBC primetime in 30 years. Now it's back tomorrow night. At 8.30 Eastern slash 5.30 Pacific, live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, the world's best fighters return to NBC. As unbeaten 147-pound champion Keith One-Time Thurman does battle to defend his... uh, Title against veteran slugger Robert DeGhost Guerrero. And three times world champion Adrian the Problem Broner goes to a war with hard-hitting John the Gladiator Molina. Everybody's got like a the in the middle of them. Uh, it's a very, very, very exciting night. Join uh, everybody. This is the start of a whole new era in boxing, hosted by the great Al Michaels and featuring commentary by Marv Alpert, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Lalia Ali. That's the daughter of the great Muhammad Ali, the hero of my generation. Watch it live on NBC tomorrow night at 8 30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Don't miss it. You know, I got to tell you, the most exciting night of my life, and this is included when my children were born. Hmm. This actually overshadows my children born. Seeing, I'm at the MGM Grand, and seeing an ear getting bit off in the middle of the ring. I can't believe you're there still. It's crazy. It's the most exciting night of my life. And leading up to it, there had to be 150 giant celebrities that were all, uh, you know, there to see Mike Tyson and Vander Holyfield. The excitement level was like 100 Super Bowls. So I congratulate NBC on this. Uh, and you want to make sure you're there tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Don't miss it. Premiere boxing champions where the next legends collide crowd the plate and he'll put one in your ear it's bennington on op radio xm 103 sirius 206 strawberries cherries and an angel's kiss in spring my summer wine is really made from all I walked in town on silver spurs the jingle too A song that I had only sang to just a few She saw my silver spurs and said let's pass some time And I will give to you summer wine Summer wine Strawberries, cherries And an angel's kiss in spring My summer wine Is really made from all these things Take off your silver spurs And help me pass the time And I will give to you Summer wine 
You're listening to Bennington. It's eight six six seven six six zero three three nine. Gail, why don't you introduce the house band, everybody today? House band today is Nancy and Lee, and that was Summer Wine. Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. Lee Hazelwood. They are just so cool and so weird. I love them both together so much. But you know what's weird when I sing that along with that song? I sing the Nancy parts. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't make me comfortable. <laughs> Lee is just way too masculine for they, me. They did three albums together. They did Nancy, Nancy and Lee. Nancy and Lee again, <laughs> and Nancy and Lee three, yeah. which was like many years later. But they're all very, very weird and sexy. It's such a strange sound that they put together, which is like psychedelic country music. It's almost it's, like it's psychedelic middle-aged cocktail music for the 60s. Like, But there's something cowboy-esque about it. You know, well, he yeah. brings like, the country vibe to it. But Hazel see, the, the cowboys, like the 60s, if you were over, you know, the teen years, if you weren't a rocker, it was all about astronauts, 
cowboys, a lot of masculinity and women that were just like, I like to stay home and mix cocktails for my man when he gets home. And then the kids would be like, I hate you. I'm going to Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they a very sexy combination. They're very like dynamic together. But for people that like were over 30 in the 1960s, the 1960s were still the 1950s. You know what I mean? True. Like there was no... Only some people moved on in yeah. that decade. Other yeah. people stayed. If you were like, if you watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and, and your jaw dropped and you said, I'm changing my life. But then a whole nother generation went, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the generation that these two played too. I'm staying right here. This is a new drink. We call it a margarita. <laughs> it comes from Mexico. Let's drink up, honey. The texture of his voice is so amazing. He's got that Leonard Cohen, like, yeah, gravel, deep baritone gravel. Very cool. Nancy, it's Lee, Lee Greenwood. Most of their songs so Lee, are... Lee Greenwood again. again. You, love, Steeler. you love Lee Greenwood. Well, what, what can I do? I love the steel curtain. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. <laughs> but and Hazelwood isn't a real name. His actual his uh, his first name is actually Barton. 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 Listen, but call Nancy me... and Barton didn't sound as cool as Nancy. Nancy, I know you're mad at me when you call me Barton. God damn you! There's um this really incredibly weird track on the second album. It's like the last track, and they're she's drunk, definitely sure, and they're talking. He's possibly drunk but maybe he just sounds high i'm not really sure but it sounds like that it's a really late night they're all, like silly they're all giggling and the end of that she's just like barton barton she's just calling him barton at the end of the album it's so great and the song is actually really cute too but how many times do you think lee hazelwood has had this make this statement Frank, we're just working together. I never had sex with her. I wouldn't disrespect you like that. I know she's your little girl. He's constantly showing up at people's houses. He would be uh, intimidating to Someone said that she used to date Elvis for a little while until Frank put a squash on it. But Not in my house. Not here. Not nope. my little girl. <laughs> not with the king. <laughs> king, get in here. <laughs> I don't know, Frank. I look into the two of them being together. I uh, just came up with a song I call Boots Made for Walking. I think it's perfect for dance. <laughs> By the way, I got her a gig in Vietnam. No, during the war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boots Are Made for Walking is such a sexy song, too. Well, it was a giant hit. Gigantic, gigantic, bigger than life hit. Eternally sexy, I feel. And then she did something stupid with her dad. Oh yeah, did they do like a? Yeah, that was a, yeah. something something stupid, yeah. isn't it? Then I went something stupid like, like I, I love, love you. Yeah. Um, listen, I wanted to talk about nerd culture since the nerd uh, called in. And you've won, and there's, you know, movies and music. You know, movies are cartoons, and music is now Glee, and everybody is an idiot. This is how bad we've gotten since we stopped bullying. And um, it's up on the iBank today. BuzzFeed had put this up as the best 
mitzvah invite ever. But I watched this and I wanted to say someone has to help this child because he thinks he can do this without the kids. You know, you're not always going to be in a little Jewish school. Right. You know what I mean? You're going to have to interact with other people. So just watch this for a moment and tell me if this was your kid, how quickly you would stop him. It's it's put up on the iBang as you'll never unsee this mitzvah invite. I'm going to say it's probably safe for work, but not all work. Like if I was a cop, I wouldn't watch this at work. <laughs> all right, put this up. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say The countdown's begun to my misfit day Trying to study hard but my head's up in space Hands in the air like I don't care Just want to party Because I'm Jewish I belong if you feel like Old Testament and he looks like Uncle Fester with hair. Clap along if you're 13. That means you're no longer a youth. Because I'm Jewish. Clap along if you just tried Manischewitz and it tastes like juice. Because I'm Jewish. Clap along if you're my maid. You wear a really expensive suit. Because all of me would love all of you. My mom will probably cry and get all snotty You're gonna lift all of me In a horror high above you Check out the service at the beginning I'll be the guy in the Pima tweeting Hashtag I'm winning You'll Uh. understand every word I read Even if you are not Whoa. I'm gonna make my brother wear a dress. Uh-huh. Still going on. Put my sister in a cage, just like my doggies. What? Cause my parents all kind of stressed. Yeah, they are. They love him. He's precious. Well, I'll do what I say. Cause this here's my party. And I'm allowed to be spoiled. Shouting orders like a king. Oh. And you cannot make a fuss. Even if you think it sucks. Let me be your ruler. Call me King Brody. And baby, I'll rule, I'll rule, I'll rule, I'll rule. That's my mitzvah fantasy. Let it go. Let it go. Seriously. Bullies help. I don't really have any mitzvah jokes here. I've just always wanted to try that. Everybody get up. Bring a sleeping bag. Now he's naked. Don't even hesitate. We're going all night. That's how we celebrate. Maybe we'll all go deaf. Maybe we'll all go blind. Maybe we're out of our Oh my god. It's all about me. Everybody get up. Oh. 
And everyone loves this. Oh my God. Now this <sighs> is the problem with Glee winning because this is acceptable now. I think it's more a problem with parents who think that their children are so incredibly precious and so incredibly talented that they think that the world will feel the same way. You know what? I'm going to give the parents the pass when it's an infant or even a toddler. But this is a... It's a large child. This is a a 13-year-old because it's mitzvah time. Mm -hmm. When did we start getting that casual? (laughs) And the whole thing is like, look at me. This is my day. As if he was an annoying bride. It's the worst. It's the sweet. It's worse than the sweet sixteen, and worse than the. the well, you bride couldn't be a more awkward age than thirteen. And that's he's the just, last. That's the last time. Of, like that is the least fun time of your life. I yeah. would not want a huge party where everyone was looking at me and taking pictures of me. And it stays 13. like that. If pictures of me at thirteen were hung up over my parents' house, well, I would be uh, pretty upset about why? it. Why you were a nice young boy then? <laughs> uh, Eight six six seven six six zero three three nine. Eight six six seven six six zero three three nine. Uh Brian. Brian, go ahead, buddy. Hey, uh that kid was nothing more than a train schnauzer by his mom. There's no way he has the chops to put that together. His his mom is behind that and something that she's gotta realize is that kid is at some point, you know, going to get out of the circle that only includes her and her friends. Yeah. Um, A lot of people wrote this in, which is really strange. Is that Jenny Hutt singing? A lot of people thought that that young mitzvah boy was (laughs) Jenny Hutt. Um, Here's uh, Josh, Josh in New Hampshire. This is worse than a quinceanera. This, uh, honestly... This is driving a spike between uh, Judaism and Christianity. This kid is going to get the shit kicked out of him when he goes to public school. I mean, I don't want to overblow it, but I am on the side of Palestine now. And I never was. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. To... To to hear it is horrifying. To see it a million times worse. Way worse. It, it's up on the eye bang, and what this young man does before he has the sensibility to do it is that's why you need an older brother or older kids to do the bully gimmick of stop acting like that. Exactly. There's. I don't condone bullying, yeah. but. It is the truth of life. It's something that this kid is going to deal with. And uh, you have this little roly-poly kid naked with his blurred lines. I mean... He has blurred lines over what would, I guess, one day be a penis. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if nurtured properly, he'll be able to be out like that in public, but not now. Also, I have to think... If this was a little girl, how would we be reacting about the parents making a video? You would be like, saying, yeah, like they've gone too far. They're sexu- she, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're sexualizing her if they like blurred out her bikini area. But this, see, this is great for me because I never had a chance to see a 13 year old Uncle Fester. <laughs> so this is nice. But see, you do like, 
I might have done something this stupid at 13, but I had an parents, mm-hmm. older brother and older sister who would stop me and say, no, you're not doing this, and then call me what they considered the worst phrase ever. Larry Coker, who was a kid in the neighborhood who they didn't want me to grow up to be like, you're acting like Larry Coker. And I'd be like, he's a person. He's a human. It's a way to be. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Fran Leibowitz's thing where she's saying that if you're giving your kids so much confidence, like not everyone is meant to be creative people. Right. Like, yes, you should um, encourage your kids to be creative, but you should not push it so far that they believe that they're good at things that they're not good at. You know who's done that is Will Smith with his children. They, they gave those children so much love that they don't know they're nuts anymore. Those kids, yeah. they get out and they do stuff and, and like they're used to their parents going, Hercules, Hercules. There's <laughs> just a ton of confidence. Most of the, uh, the young artists out there who maybe you think are not very good. The thing is, they're just very confident. In very confident. Um, now this is, uh, over on the iBang. Uh, you want to go check it out. By the way, we're in a minority opinion that we think that this kid has gotten too much rope. His parents obviously love it. The friends love it. And BuzzFeed called it the best of all time mm. because Glee has won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rock and roll lives underground. Glee has won. Uh, Carlos in Westchester. Go ahead, Carlos. Hey, how you doing? I uh, love the show. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, just getting back to your question, I'm not question, but you said stuff about nerd culture and how all these superhero movies and superhero TV shows are on nowadays. In your day, wasn't it like Westerns? Wasn't it Westerns was like the main media thing, uh, thing that you guys watched, TV Westerns, TV uh, movies about Westerns? I don't know why I'm talking to you. I just don't know why you just brought up Westerns constantly. <laughs> Westerns, yes. I'm going to go home and watch The Unforgiven this afternoon. I love a Western, um, as you know. Uh, here's Sean. Sean, go ahead. Uh, can I download this song on Schmeckelfa? See, now I don't want this to cl- mm. turn in That's to something. Yes, this is not because people feel like they need to come forward and bully him. Yes, this is what the the majority needs to do. All right, here's Bud. Bud is very supportive of Mitzvah Kid. Go ahead, Bud. Hey, it's Ed. Uh, yeah, I. Don't get me wrong. That that was terrible, that, that kid singing. But I support him in the sense that, you know, if he can approach this as like a tongue-in-cheek thing, you know, the, the times are changing, Ron. You know, oh, I said that. Nowadays, yeah, it, it's like, you know, they get these quick YouTube hits, and that's the entertainment that they have now. It's, you know. Yes, but uh, the, the entertainment could still be somewhat cool. It doesn't all have to be corny. And it should be good. Yeah. And it doesn't all have to be frozen. Right. He's a boy at 13. He shouldn't be singing frozen. And like, you know, if, if, if you think of it this way, if you're a parent and would you want your kid falsely confident that he could win a fight or, you know what I mean? Like, right. You wouldn't want him to be in a dangerous situation. I feel art is the same way. Do you want this kid <laughs> to think that he's, uh, but what about... He's going to age out of this, and it's not going to be cute. Within six months. Yeah. 
And then, you know, he's going to have to deal with it when he's 16. But I'm sure that he goes to a nice private school now. Right. But it's not always going to be that way. And he's going to school with kids that he's grown up with. And he probably does this act and everybody agrees with it. But now they're letting it go viral. You know, there's kids in Korea going like this. That kid a dick. You know what I mean? Like you have to be careful with it. But there is, you know, where all the people some back come back and think that, you know, don't stop believing is a great song is where we are now. <laughs> I, I, I know he stresses you. Yeah, like they look backwards and go like, that must have been a great age. You guys were listening to Don't Stop Believing all the time. <laughs> no, we weren't. Um a uh Chuck or Dan, go ahead. Ronnie B, I love you and Gail on the air together. You guys Thanks. are great. Mm-hmm. Um, my observation was that uh, it couldn't possibly be Jenny Hutt singing on that video because she didn't challenge Chris Rock to get mitzvahed. Well, the thing is, I challenge Chris Rock <laughs> to hate the cops now. <laughs> this is Jenny Hutt. Wait, I'm just looking at my Twitter and I'm going to delete that video. I wish Ron we could tricked pull that me. Video up. <laughs> Ron tricked me. We should have ghost videoed it or whatever it was and played it every day. I'm sure we played it on the air, so at least we have the audio that we can go back and get. Um, Kevin in Virginia. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, buddy. Um, I grew up blue collar in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm, I'm 41, man. And I see all of my friends that have kids nowadays, especially boys. And they get to that age, and it's like, they all just start dancing and singing and carrying on. And it's really uncomfortable. I mean, they're in my opinion, they're just being raised a little, you know, I don't know, feminine or something. Uh, I uh, Feminine isn't even the least of his problems. You know what I mean? Feminine yeah. is about his fourth or fifth yeah, I don't, problem. I mean, sure, this kid uh, is clearly uh, a little effeminate, but I, yeah, that's not what uh, I think the problem is. Here. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> the problem would be an intense amount of confidence in uh in something that he shouldn't be overly confident. <laughs> look, should he be doing this in his room? Absolutely. Yeah. Dance around your room singing into a hairbrush. But you've got a hundred and twelve thousand hits on this. <laughs> you know? This is like if you were here's if you were dancing around in your room singing blurred lines into a hairbrush, right? And then you turned around and the curtains were open and you saw your neighbors <laughs> laughing. You would have to dive on the ground, not still doing it in the window to them, which is what he's doing. And I'm going to use it in a in a term that he can understand. You don't want to be shaking your naked tuchus out there to the world. In fact, I think his femininity is maybe one of the few things that I like about him. Like, I like that he's a little he's a little weirdo. I think that's cool. That is cool. It's cool to be a weird kid. But be protected from it. <laughs> uh, here's uh, Eric. Go ahead. Yeah, no, after listening to that, not only do I now want Iran to get a bomb, I want them to drop it. Let's that, see. Now, that's not... Look what we've opened up. Yeah, that's not where we were going with this. We're on his <laughs> side. We want him to do well. Um, and the kid obviously has some humor about him. Sure. I mean, he's he's weird. He's he's got a sense of humor. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe it's great. Maybe this thing Turn is great. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we love this kid. 
<laughs> we just want to protect. We want to run wingman for him. Yeah, I, I don't want anyone to beat him up in the locker room. For Look, this. I want everybody to understand this. This kid's under my protection right now. <laughs> anyone touches this kid, it's like touching me. <laughs> and you're dead. Now. I mean, I, I had a buddy like that growing up. Yeah, you know, imaginary. Had, no. <laughs> had real friends. Did you? Um, <laughs> you know, he was a little he's a weird kid, you know? A little feminine, if you know what I mean. A little born this way. I looked out for him. Sure you did. With that short haircut of yours. <laughs> FH since, since day one. Anna in Chicago. Hi there. Yeah. Um, I just had this conversation with my kids last night, and I'm totally going to use this video as the reason why they shouldn't be posting things Good. online. They, they don't realize, even beyond the bullying thing, you have to... Realize that stuff is going to be out there until they're like 35. I don't want to be looking at something like that. It's bad enough that there are pictures of me from that era. Yeah. But now, and I, I would kill my parents if they allowed me to do something like that. So I told them they can take all the videos they want, they can save them until they're adults, and then they can post them. <laughs> it's so funny that this is something that you have to worry about now. You're not uploading that. It's not good enough. There's such a huge gap there between like what kids are working with and then yeah. like we didn't have that we didn't have the ability to yeah. just release ourselves to the world that way and it's so weird that kids can do that and yeah. it's encouraged well it's encouraged because we you know the parents they have to take the kids to each thing so that it's like you're part of it instead of having kids world you're there to see your kid the first time doing all the, like you're in tumbling class till 315 and then we're going to volleyball and then we're, and you're just like, why are you with me all the time? <laughs> Let me go out with my friends. And then you and your friends are going to sit in a hot tub while me and their parents look at you. <laughs> I it's, didn't have any activities as a kid. I just wanted to come home, do my own thing, hang out with my friends. Well, you had those friends. You had like a good neighborhood. I had a good crew. Where you guys were running around together. But it never, you know, there wasn't a thing like where, oh, you guys are going down to the woods? Well, us parents will come with you. Yeah. Let us do what we need to do in the woods. <laughs> Way children do. Children, yeah, whatever rule. happens, <laughs> you're not it's gonna, like Lord of the Flies in there. Well, here's the thing: it's not going to be. There's never been a book called Tom Sawyer and His Mom. <laughs> that would not. That's not an adventure for a child. And so, that's when me and my mom got on a raft. <laughs> she told me I was doing good. <laughs> um, Jim, Bestchester, Westchester. Yeah, hi. Um, I just wanted to say I, I felt like uh, you were kind of busting on him a lot with with his performance, but I, I thought the lyrics were hilarious. Oh no, they like, weren't. The lyrics were cheesy and stupid, and <laughs> it perfectly perfect for a thirteen-year-old. You know what? You know what I, what I mean? Like they're yeah. perfect for him. Yeah. But you would not. Here's the problem: you wouldn't want to get on the Tonight Show with this act, and when you put this up, now a hundred thousand people have seen it. 
and get to judge it. This should be done for his family, dancing around the living room. And this stuff where, like, it's my special day and I'm the king. That was the cringiest that's, part. That's the part. Like, congratulating the him on saying that he's being <clears throat> going to be spoiled and yeah. treated like a king. And that's remember, not a great lesson, this thing is isn't it? like a fun thing. This is an invitation to come to his party. He's sending this to people. And, like, you used to want to be act like, hey, the Hendersons are coming over. I want you to act like a gentleman today. You know what I mean? This is going to be your bar mitzvah. This is you turning into a man, right? Yeah. Is what the religion believes. Is that a man <laughs> right there? It's the exact opposite. And stop calling it a mitzvah. Why, why does this religion mean so little to you? You don't have the time to say bar? Not enough time. Um, I need to know if it's bar or bat. Please specify. I thought Bat was the girls. Yeah. Oh, because of him? Mm. Oh. No, no. that's um... The boy is Bar, girl is Bat. Bat. Here's uh, Joe in Jersey. You're on the run of hey. show. How you doing, Ron? Good. So I work in education. I work with young kids, like eight-year-olds. And uh, I have a big problem where basically it's in the culture of the administration that you're not allowed to tell them that they're bad at something. You're not allowed to judge them, you know, put them in their place. So they come out of school with this overblown sense of self-worth and self-confidence. And I, I really believe it does damage to them as they become adults. They don't realize why people are criticizing me. Why do I think of this, you know? This is why I could never be a teacher, because my nickname would be Whiplash. <laughs> because I would be telling people this isn't good enough. Well, I think we can agree you shouldn't say, like, you're bad at things, right? I mean, why? like, maybe... If you've had but there's a, a way to approach things. Like there's a way to do constructive criticism. Like you, if you were in the workplace and you had somebody that you were working with and they kind of sucked at something and you were like trying to help them do something, the proper way to approach it would be to say like, hey, this is what you need to work on and like whatever. For the first 10 times. But then after a while, you're like this. Why aren't you picking this up? You stink. I suppose, yeah. You've had, this is the 10th time I've come to this with you. Right. You stink. I'm not going to let you feel good about yourself until the day you're fired. You and know? You can't fire kids from school. I could. <laughs> We're going to have to let you go from third grade. You're just, you just don't belong here. It's not working out. <laughs> uh, but we do like this kid. Yeah, of course. We just think he needs to reel it in a little bit. Yeah, and have have this weird thing be private to your family and not share it with the world. Who You should say, look, to this kid, this would be worse than if you put out your special time videos for people <laughs> when we don't bother you in the bedroom. <laughs> this is way more awkward. I don't want, I would say to him, I don't want everybody in, punching you and kneeing you in the side of the head. <laughs> this is a recipe for that. Like when I went to school, I remember my mom said this to me all the time. Try to fit into the crowd. Just, Just get in the middle it. of them. Blend get in the middle of them and run in the middle of that herd. <laughs> and when the older boys grab someone, that's when you run. <laughs> Let that person go down. Hang around the handicapped kids or somebody with a hair lip. And when the older boys are punching him, take off. It's <laughs> a good lesson. You got to keep moving all the time. Survival mode. 
Yeah, you got to be able to survive. But is this the new survival mode? I mean, is this the new? I don't know. It's like maybe kids are like, how come you don't have a social media footprint? That's or, the problem. This know? is why it's difficult to parent because you don't know what's the right thing to do. You know, you don't know if you should say, yeah, I guess get your Instagram out there. It's the only way people are going to know you. <laughs> I don't know. Sin. <laughs> Life is moving too fast. You and your robot know what to do more than I do. Uh, Max Richmond. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, buddy. Um, I got four kids in um, junior high and, and elementary school, and what I'm seeing is stuff like this kid, he uploads this thing, gets 120,000 views of saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, and then his whole town knows about it, and once so, one person says, that was a stupid video, you look like a fool, and he cries, I'm being bullied, or more specifically, his mom says, Stop bullying my baby. Stop bullying my baby. They've changed the definition of bullying to the point where kids can't be kids. If you say anything that isn't totally supportive of everything somebody does, you're, you're labeled as a bully. I and mean, it's the mom. It's, it's our generation label. I don't know why you're not allowed to say to somebody, dude, that's not cool. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I guess what, what really changed is instead of teaching the lesson of how to deal with people criticizing you, people picking on you, the lesson became stopping people from doing it. Which I'm not saying is 100% bad either. I mean, there are, it's a, a huge scale here. Obviously, there's extreme cases of bullying where uh, these kids have to be stopped. What they're doing is sick. This is like, and that's a lesson that needs to be learned. But then there's also something that was like, you you don't want your kid to be uh, thin skinned either. You but know. It's here's like, the other thing. You want your kids to be if strong. You, if you keep telling these every kid that they're special and every kid that he's creative, you have a generation of kids who run out and spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a college education that they sign for, and then show up in New York or Los Angeles as if the world is ready to give them the money back and then give them the money to make a movie when the, when the fact of the matter is it's horrible and tough to go to any of those places yeah and it's a long shot it's, a it's really gambling hard, hard revelation yeah to be like oh nobody is welcoming me on the other side to be like you're a genius here you go genius oh look at all this art that you made while you were in college you don't have to worry anymore here's how hard it is Look at American Idol and see how many people line up when you see all those cities. Even the person who wins probably isn't going to make any money out of it. Yeah. And yet you're going in debt year after year. How is that not bullying? How is lying to kids saying, oh, you're really great at everything when they're not not bullying? Well, that's because, I mean, certainly when I was a kid, the blue collar jobs were sort of look down upon it's like you don't want a job like that where i think the generation before it wasn't um demonized in school like there was this idea of a blue collar job was a bad job to have you know what i mean yeah and that they didn't want they you have to go to college or else or else you'll have a blue collar job like that was said like it was a negative yes. thing. The last thing you want to be is a plumber or an electrician or, or yeah, have or, a skill or someone who works in construction and builds actual buildings and bridges. Yeah. 
I don't, and, and that's because the only people that we're showing our kids to is teachers who have master's degrees who have been in that world forever. And in the meantime, we have infrastructure in this country that is crumbling because no one has updated it in the last 50 years. But they can make a website for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you want me to edit, edit a video, I can do that. But I can't stop that building from falling down into the river. And part of the problem, I think, with that is if if you're looking at um, the way a teacher approaches a class. And again, this is when I was a kid. It's like... You could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you're, if you're super smart, right? So it's mm-hmm. like these kids who are naturally smart, they just take to learning very well because they learn in the way that a classroom works, that, that right. works for them. But the kids who don't, you're then encouraged to be creative because that's the next best thing. You know what I mean? If you don't have the natural smarts, if you don't have like a very sharp memory, which mm-hmm. is most of what education. Yeah. What we want is kids with a Google in their brain. Exactly. So so I think like the next step is, OK, so what can you do creatively? Again, just as far like as long as you're pushing them away from a blue collar job. I think that that like creativity is like that second tier. But here's the other part of this when it comes to creativity, right? Would, let's say, Pollock have been Pollock, right? Mm -hmm. If everyone told him everything that he did was great. No, he was shunned. He was that. So he broke through and found a new way to paint. Kerouac couldn't get a a book published for like the first, like he had written like eight books or something before the, before they put out on the road. Most of the guys that you like were told over and over and over, you're not good enough. And they kept going. No one was sitting there telling Miles Davis, oh, thank God you're here. You know what I mean? This yeah. is so great. Look at Miles. It's so good. <laughs> you know, he he went up against the thing and, and had to change it. There's a lot to be said for people who persevere, not just constantly get massaged. Um, here's Doug. Doug, you're on, on hey, what's Bennington. Up, guys? Yeah. Hey. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I'm a school counselor in elementary school, and uh, I, I agree with you that any kind of real hardcore bullying needs to be slammed and um, some real serious consequences. But 95% of what I deal with that people think is bullying is just uh, age-appropriate teasing. It's socialization. It's uh, it's lessons that need to be learned early because we're going to unleash them onto the world, and these kids are not prepared for what's out there. Um, I always tell them that self-esteem is, uh, is not uh, not being told how wonderful you are all the time. It's about you know, trying and falling down and persevering and getting back up. And, uh, you know, we're just not preparing them. They're going to go out into the world and, and they're going to be uh, really surprised. Well, you know, the physical kind of bullying that you're talking about, you know, when we say, okay, that there's actual laws that nobody can do that to another human being. Right. So Absolutely. we're covered in that. If somebody is bashing someone's head against a locker, you know, then you call the police. It's not just yep. fun. But if somebody is acting like, Hey, you're wearing the weird pants, right? <laughs> you right. you got two things. A, either hear that, turn around or fit in, or B, be Tim Burton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just go, oh, you think that's weird? Where do you say what I wear tomorrow? <laughs> I'm coming in here like a mad hatter. <laughs> that kid is cool. Not the kid that everybody loves and supports. Right. 
And that kid gets gets to be cool. Like he gets his chops by standing against something that is pushing against him. You know what I right. mean? Like that's what creates that's what that's what allows a weird person to be cool. You know what I mean? When you're like, yeah, I totally know that what I'm doing. I'm but, and, well aware. And look, look, let me just say this because we brought up Bowie this morning and that horrible thing Joe Liss said. I know. Now, Sorry that that happens what me. do you think when I'm a kid, I see a guy like Bowie looking like that, sounding like that, gr- growing up the way that I did where, you know, a gay person was deep in the closet. You know what I mean? I mean, if there were gay people, they weren't saying it. So then I got to sit there at 13, 14 years old and go, I guess gay is cool because Bowie is cool. Right. I mean, talk about a breakthrough. So I've never had that homophobic thing because I, you know, I had gay heroes. I had black heroes. I had Jewish heroes. Mm -hmm. I wasn't just, no one had to say, Love the Jews. They didn't need to say that to me because I had Woody Allen. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I wish I was a New York Jew. (laughs) Oh, look at, look at, um, P Funk. I wish I was black. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the thing. No one needed to tell me, hey, black people are cool. I know. George Clinton. Gotcha. (laughs) But, but now we want to say, Everybody does. There's no, there's no win. There's no loss. Stop it. Um, Al, Al in New York. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Good morning. Uh, you know, I was just, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the bar mitzvah industrial complex, but this kid may have just been pushed into it by his mom, who was like Kyle's mom on South Park. You know, what you're saying is interesting because you've got to blow away everybody else. I I know at the very least he was encouraged. I don't know if he was pushed into it, but he certainly was. He certainly has a like a stage mom. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't make a video of that. I'm going to change this and say stage dad. Look how thrilled the dad is in this. Everybody but the brother is thrilled. (laughs) I know the brother looks like he wants to go Columbine. He's in hell. Uh, Mike, Connecticut. How are you, Mike? You're on Bennington. Good, Ron. Good, Ron. How are you? Cool. Um, yeah, I just wanted to call in and just, uh, yeah, I feel like you guys are leaving the parents out of the equation. Um, I had this uh, uh, similar situation happen with my son last year where where uh, one of his YouTube videos went viral. And, uh, you know, it was it was a... It was a wacky experience and a strange experience, but uh, I, I think it's... it's as uh, you know, parents, we did the right thing and stepped in and kind of kept things under control and kept them kept them grounded. What did your kid do that he went viral? He had just posted a, a video on YouTube, which I knew he was doing. I wasn't even really paying attention to it because I knew nobody was watching. And uh, Reddit picked it up, and uh, it was just uh, he had posted a video. He had gotten a one like on one of his videos, and he, he did a video about how excited he was. Um, and and that just you know Reddit picked it up and it went viral and by the end of the day he was on uh, he was on uh, Comedy Central with uh, Chris Hardwick. Oh my God! <laughs> See that's oh the God. weird thing. If Reddit gets behind something, I feel like I kind of remember this kid. It's a, ringing a bell. To a me. kid who just got a like was um, what was the name of the video? Because we want to go check it out. If you if you search Surfedora, that's that's his 
YouTube name. All right, we've um, already found him. And how many how many hits on that? On that video? Yeah. Three million? All right, about three million. Now, so when this thing started taking off like this, what did you do to kind of chill him and chill the situation? Um, it just it pulled him offline. Immediately. I mean, yeah. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> because there's a lot of cruel, weird people out there. It, it, it was, you know, we've met a ton of great people. Um, uh, you know, it's been an amazing experience, but there are just some, some terrible, nasty uh, people out there. And like when you were talking about, you know, the kids not, not, not getting any, you know, negative reinforcement or any bullying or, or things like that. I mean, we, him and I will sit down and we'll read through his comments together or his tweets together. And I mean, there's just... Some, some folks out there that say some terrible, terrible yeah. things to a, to a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh-huh. it used to be this was what they aimed at celebrity, but now it's yeah. aimed at everybody. But we're, we're not even set up for this in school. We're told, you know, we're told these things don't exist, but they exist in spades. For sometimes I'll just go around and read comments on like even like the New York Post and people say horrible things about victims. It's just insane. It's crazy. Um, it is insane. All right, we're going to put your kids' uh, video on and see if it should have been that monster viral. Oh, no more, no more. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. Uh, but it, I mean, I didn't see either. <laughs> Oh, wait, I did. Hey, YouTube, what is up with Jackson here? And today, I'd like to tell you, we did it. We hit the one like. <laughs> and I know that you guys are going to be like, dude, it's just one like. But it's still awesome that I know that you guys are there. Like, <laughs> even though you're not there, you're there. <laughs> I just still think this is pretty awesome. Um, that you guys are actually sticking with it. With, with it. So actually, I've made a little thing on iMovie that is coming out today or tomorrow, either one, and um, it's going to be awesome, and I hope you guys love it, but um, I know I could just merge it with this video, but I'm like, nah, I'm too lazy, <laughs> but um, I should be having a few things coming out, like a few reviews, um, yeah, a few reviews, I'm just looking around making sure they're all still here, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't believe we have a like. So I'm going to ask something big. Can we hit the three to five likes? <laughs> something just... <laughs> Swipe that up. But whatever, we're back. And um, yeah, the fact that I hit five likes. I have one like on my video. <laughs> I know, it's not much. But the fact that one person actually took the time to like the video, it doesn't even matter. I'm feeling awesome right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike. um, So when this, I mean, this is obviously something you didn't think was going to be a big deal. And then three million people end up saying it. Oh, he's gone. I mean, completely insane. Like I said, I didn't care he was putting YouTube videos up because nobody was watching it. Just him and his buddies, yeah. Him and his buddies. I mean, even if that, I mean, most of his buddies are just filming their own things. They're not even paying attention to what their friends are doing. They're just posting, posting. Nobody's looking or watching. So this was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a wild grunt. Uh, and how long did you think it stayed crazy before it settled down again? Um, well, we're we're in the car right now heading up to Boston to some nerd convention. <laughs> or something. I, you know, he's, drag, he's, he's dragged me kicking and screaming into, 
into this entire culture. And I mean, it's just, you know, you can't look at, you can't look at the YouTube kids as, 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 as celebrities or as, as, as entertainers. They're just kids being, being kids. And, and it just picks up this crazy traction. See, that's the thing about that mitzvah thing. None of us should have seen it. This should have been seen by his family alone. Right. Absolutely. And but we're we're sitting around. We're judging him against uh, Manny on Modern Family. It's just not fair. <laughs> that kid Absolutely. has writers. I, mean, I hadn't even watched my son's video before it went viral, and you know, I, there's a hole in the roof, in his ceiling, in his room. You think I wanted that, like publicly, <laughs> uh, you know, across the internet? It's been fixed, by the way. I just want him. All right. Thanks, Better dude. Stuff. Let everybody know that. Okay. Peace. Enjoy your nerd uh, convention. Uh, I'm going to take one before we go into break here because this is also up on the iBank today. Brian and Cherry Hill. All right, Mr. B. I'm calling about the same exact thing. Two days ago, my buddy uploaded a video to YouTube of his 15-month-old baby girl cracking an egg and stirring it to make brownies. Did you see this shit? No. We have it up on the Interabang, or did it go up? Already yet, as opposed to, we were putting it up under, um, toddler is ready for top chef. Did not go up yet? All right. We'll have that up by the time we get, but we're going to take a break. We'll come back and pick that up. Uh, it's Bennington. You're listening to Bennington. It's gone to break. Don't worry. It's coming back. Opie Radio, XM 103, Sirius 206. Gail, mm-hmm. there's something I want to talk to you about. What's up? Do you know that boxing has been on NBC uh, primetime in 30 years? You've lived in a world that you've never seen primetime boxing on network television. Never in my life. That changes. Now it's back tomorrow night. And don't ask me how I've done it, ladies and gentlemen. I've done it. I brought boxing back tomorrow night at 8.30 Eastern. Uh, 5.30 if you live out on the coast, specific time. Live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, the world's best fighters return to NBC. I was able to talk to 147-pound champion Keith one-time Thurman. And I said, Keith, would you be willing to go up against veteran slugger Robert the Ghost Guerrero? What did he say? He said yes, Gail. He's going to do it. On NBC prime time. Now, I know that you're like, oh, that's plenty. No. I also got three-time world champion Adrian the Problem Broner going up against John the Gladiator Molina Jr. Not John the Gladiator Molina Sr. That's his dad. (laughs) This is John the Gladiator Molina Jr. Or Baby Gladiator, as we used to call him. (laughs) This is the start of a whole new era in boxing. I'd like to call it the Ron Bennington era of boxing, but I can't. It's hosted by Al Michaels, in my opinion, the best uh, fight commentator out there, featuring uh, Marv Alpert, the best, Sugar Ray Leonard, the greatest fighter I ever saw in my lifetime. Any, wait, you heard that. Sugar Ray Leonard, the best of all time. And uh, Lalia Ali, uh, Muhammad Ali's baby girl. Watch it live on NBC tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Don't miss it, Premier Boxing Champions, where the next legends collide. 
This is Bennington, Opie Radio, XM 103, Sirius 206. Here's a little song about boots and a darling named Nancy. You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love but confess. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. That's right. Someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. For one of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. This is the part of the song where Billy Strange raised his hand and asked if he could leave the room. You keep lying when you ought to be truthful. And you keep losing when you ought to not bet. And you keep saying when you ought to be changing. Now what's right is right, but you ain't been right yet. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. But one of these days, these boots gonna walk all over you. Yeah. This is the part of the record where everybody said, why, that can't be number one. You keep playing where you shouldn't be playing. And you keep thinking that you'll never get burned. Well, I just found me a brand new box of matches. And what she knows, you ain't had time to learn. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. You put on your boots, you and I'll put on mine, and we'll sell a million records any Cocky, cocky, Lee Hazelwood <laughs> and the unbelievable Nancy Sinatra, our house band today. That was an incredible track. I had never heard the two of them doing it together. Shelbo found that. Way to go. He found that on his little phone and brought it into us. That was awesome. It's Bennington, hashtag Bennington up on the uh, Twitter, uh, 866-766-0339. Uh, we've been talking about weird kids uploading uh videos and uh you know that last one about the the guy taking his kid to the nerd convention <laughs> because reddit made him into a quick celebrity there's something cool about that 
as well, you know? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I always thought this. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share <laughs> with someone else when you're uncool. When you're uncool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's uh, Blaine. Blaine, you're on Bennington. Hey, how's it going, bud? Hey, man. Um, I just wanted to touch on what you were talking about earlier about uh, kids not being, I don't know, told anything negative in school. Like, I remember when I was in third grade, some kid in my class, he told me my painting of flowers sucked in our class. And, well, basically, I punched him in the side of the head, and he punched me in the side of the head, and we got sent to the principal's office and sent home. And then my dad kicked me in the ass when I got home, and I learned not to punch people in the side of the head. Yeah, that's how you end up learning it, you know? Mm-hmm. You make your mistakes. Sure. One day you'll be cool. One day you'll be cool. Just look under your bed. Light a candle while you listen to Tommy. We're going to run out of them because we're doing so many of this. Well, we waited so long today. Why not just jump into it as much as we could? You'll see I, your future. The uh, By the way, I never loved Zoe as much as in that movie. Never, never as much and never again, maybe for me. I could almost say that about everybody in the movie. Actually, 100%, I can say that, but everyone in that movie. You have to be careful, because now that you're here, you never know when any of those folks are going to get in. And you have to say to them, I like all your stuff. I like everything that you do. Even long past you peaked. All the stuff that is good and all the stuff that's bad I like, too. All of it. I like everything, especially the stink. I like uh, people who are nice, and then I'll say, oh. Now, now we're like best your, friends. <laughs> I like everything you do now that you're nice to me. Uh, Will Forte was nice to Fez earlier this week, and now Fez just brings him up every day <laughs> and acts like maybe there's something between them. All right, the guy called in and said that his neighbor just went uh, viral. This is the toddler. We have it up on the iBang as toddler ready for Top Ch- Chef, but you're going to enjoy this. Um, it's over on the Intera Bang. Toddler ready for Top Chef. Gail, check this out. So there's the baby, ready to, can't lift up the eggs. Give her an egg. Give her an egg? Yes. They're letting the baby cook. <laughs> and she cracks an Put egg. Put it in. Put it in. Put it in. Yeah. And puts it perfectly wow. into the bowl. Wow. <laughs> she didn't get a crack in there. Look, and now it's stirring it up. <laughs> Best Making cookies for daddy. Now... They edit out the part, like in another five minutes when you watch the long thing, she puts her tongue on the oven rack. So that part was sad. She wasn't ready for that part. She's a sous chef. She is a sous chef. Now, there's something else up on the iBang. I'm going to get to it in a minute. But first, I'm going to tell you a story, a true story. And I don't know whether I ever told you this about myself. When I was about four years old, I'm out playing in the yard. As a matter of fact, in my front yard with the kids in my neighborhood. And we were chasing each other around. We were having fun pushing each other down and and tackling each other and being like kids. And I remember we had these like kind of bushes that my dad had planted out front. So I was crawling in underneath the bushes. Now, what I'm telling you is an absolute true story as i'm crawling under the bushes i stop and i'm frozen in time as i come face to face with another being 
a being not of this world, a being that I locked eyes with, a being that was about 10 inches tall. And as I'm looking at it, I see an expression on its alien face. I see understanding in its eyes. And it turned its head to one side, trying to figure me out. And at four years old, I just started to kind of crawl backwards on my hands and knees, never taking eyes off of it, but getting to a slow and steady escape. Up on the iBang today, there are pictures of this under acrobatics. Um, this is the alien being. Some people have given it a name and call it a, a praying mantis. But the look of this thing, to this day, go ahead and, and, and hit it. The look of this strange alien being, and watch as it flies, or jumps, but does its weird. This is not oh of this God. world. Have you ever seen a praying mantis up front, close before? Um, I don't think I have. Now, here's the weird thing about this story. Not only did I... I never brought that up to my parents. I never said, what is that? Right. I just figured I'd slip through one reality and into another, and I tried to not think about it anymore. It, it looks like an alien so life a, form. A, a praying mantis is somewhat rare. I mean, if people, you don't normally see them. I feel like I've never seen one in person. Because they're massive. I mean, for a bug, they're massive. Well, yeah, they're like traveling sticks. But I can tell you now, I remember seeing intelligence in that eyes and figuring out when I was four years old that this is wonder and danger and get out of here. (laughs) But why I thought I'm not going to bring that up. Maybe I thought no one believed me, but it was just a bug. There's a lot of things I think that kids experience that they don't go to their parents with it. And then you just end up thinking something totally strange. You're like, yes, I I have this figured out and I'm uh, I don't need to talk to anyone about it. I know what's going on here. But I remember later later as the praying mantis, as they had um that if you look at the eyes of that thing, you can see it does look intelligent. It's something somehow it looks is like a Spielberg alien. And even with the simplicity of like it that looks like it has emotion there. Like he look he's looking right. out with wonder. Like why does it have an expression? It's a bug that is capable of And why isn't it on TV all the time of, ladies and gentlemen, there are other aliens living on this planet. We call them praying mantis. They just bomb Buenos Aires. It's a bug planet. Goddamn bugs got us, Johnny. That's a really good impression. Thanks. Of the redhead who showed her boobs in the shower. Um, It's, um, wait, what was it? Oh, Johnny, it's home. It's home, Johnny. <laughs> but I just quit. I'm trying to think of her name from that movie. It's driving me nuts. It's Which Seth. The, yeah, with the, the, with the redheaded girl's name. Buzz or Bits or something like that. No, it's like... 
I want to say Dutch like dozer, but that's something no. It's else. a one word. Yeah, it's a one word thing. It's beach. It's Starship Troopers is the movie. If yes, you pull up IMDb, of course Starship. Um, but anyway, that's gonna drive me nuts. What was her name? We're gonna find out in seconds. A trains all over it. Dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. Diz. I knew it was. Then he called it I Diz. said Dozer, but Dizzy was correct. <laughs> you were thinking you got her confused with Gozer. <laughs> there is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> but anyway, go look at that thing of how weird a praying mantis is. There's got to be a part of the country that's a. There's a lot of. Them. By the way, they're hard to spot in the woods or anything like that because they just fix it. They they fit in. Perfectly, which is another weird thing of evolution. Like if you hang around anything enough, you'll start to look like it. So, so predators bizarre. won't get to you. So bizarre. That's why uh, Chris Stanley, uh, his head looks like a beer keg and his nose looks like a tap <laughs> so that he can fit in his natural <laughs> environment in a bar. You know, he's up for big, big things here. It's corporate Chris right now. I've been hearing some rumors. They haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but we're all excited for him. Um, Al in Maryland knows about the praying mantis. Hey, good morning, folks. Love of the new show. And uh, I live in a rural part of Maryland. We have a lot of praying mantises. I can usually just go out to one of my uh, bushes and pick one up and let it walk all over. That's kind of cool. When my daughter was little, we were showing them to her. Of course, she thought, you know, scary, but most of them are pretty friendly. Um, so she decided, I showed her with a little nest, you know, it looks like a little toasted marshmallow. And so, yeah, that's a nest, and uh, soon that'll be uh, baby, you know, praying mantises. Well, I, I didn't know. Later, she took the nest, brought it into her room, thought she'd watch the nest, and, uh, you know, up close and personal in her room. Uh, we wake up the next morning, they hatch, and there's hundreds of praying mantises all over her room. God. <laughs> it's a bug planet. That's a nice. It was in her room. <laughs> hey, peace. Peace. And when you see what they can do in that video, the way they move uh, and kind of manipulate space, it's phenomenal. Like, there are so many creatures on this planet that we could easily call monsters, but we don't just because we know what they are. Like, if we found monsters, as soon as we named it, we'd stop calling it a monster. Sure. I mean, the amount of things that look like some sort of fantasy that are just in the ocean at any moment. The like ocean. Sometimes if if you just think that that world is existing right now, as that freaks me out. Not like, only does it exist now, it's always existed long before there were even mammals. It's terrifying to think of. I don't know. Something about the ocean really scares me. Like vast, deep ocean. Like right, There is a... He, A-Train just put up a picture of a... It's, um, is that an angler? Yeah. Yeah. What an angler is basically is uh the scariest it's like it's like something that just exists for teeth it's pac-man yeah. it's like if pac-man really existed but in the water and it's just chomping wherever it goes and doesn't that just look like something you would cook up in like a nightmare as a child sure. like that looks like like when people sit around and just draw weird things, like yeah. animals that don't exist. Animals that don't exist are no weirder than animals that do like, exist. That could be a Shel Silverstein drawing of yeah. like when he was tripping. Yeah. <laughs> when Uncle Shell was tripping. 
Um, I was just given this beautiful handwritten note. Look at that right there. That's very nice writing. He's got the best writing ever. It used to it used to be that Fez had the best uh, handwriting on the show. In the biz? It, yeah, in the biz itself. He's been replaced by Shelbo. There will be another Bennington next week. Whoa, that's big news. Yeah, that's big, big news, That's folks. exciting. Three in a row. The old hat trick. Yeah. Pulled it off. <laughs> um, It'll AJ, be the Nancy and Lee three. No. There will be no Nancy and Lee. I think I will pick out a classic rock band for us next oh, week. I can't wait to find out. I think people know who I'm picking out. <laughs> uh, JC. JC. Uh, yeah, uh, when you guys were playing the Mitzvah video, um, uh, I just took a break and actually watched the video. You guys said that the parents uh, put them out there naked, and I thought you were being figurative, but during Blurred Lines, he's literally yes, naked. Yes, the boy is naked. I mean, and he looks just like Uncle Fester, so you're spot on there, but it's very slippery slope. I mean, even if the friends and family see that, they're going to roll their eyes, but at mm-hmm. least they know the family. They know the personality. Gail terrible. made the, the point that what if this was a little girl and the people would be, be like people outraged. People would be totally freaked out. Yeah, like And you, yes, he does look like Uncle Fester, but I think he has Grandpa Munster's face. Like Uncle Fester's body and head, but Grandpa Munster's face. I just like to shave the kid down, and I think I'll just leave it at Fester. <laughs> I feel good about that. The great... Was it Jackie Coogan? Is that who Uncle Fester was, Jackie Coogan? You know, Je- Uncle Fester yeah. was a as a kid actor in silent films. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> That's <coughs> pretty weird. Sorry. You don't have a cough button. Remember that? Remember the, the old cough button? Well, this is this is satellite. You're supposed to cough directly into it. <laughs> Some velvet morning when I'm straight. Okay. I'm picking up on that. Yeah, see? Yeah, you know what? I don't want to say, but it's the nose. Mm. He's got his nose. He's got Grandpa Munster's nose. R.I.P. Have you ever met Grandpa Munster? I did. He uh, was one of the coolest guys ever. Really, really street New York guy. Yeah, he was great. Loved basketball. Loved basketball. We'll talk about it with anybody, anytime. But uh, we lived in... uh, in the same neighborhood as him once. And he used to dress up at Halloween, but he wouldn't dress up as Grandpa Munster. He would try to think of something else. Like he, <laughs> one time he was just like this weird cowboy. And we're like, I know that you're thinking you're having Halloween fun, but let's give that another thought. You're Grandpa Munster. You could just, just dress like that. him. I wish you'd dress like that every day. Yeah. That would be cool. But yeah, he was, uh, he was an awesome character to have around the neighborhood. Um... Janine in North Carolina. Hi there. Hey, what's up? Um, So you have to check out a very terrifying video of a a praying mantis thumb wrestling. It's Um, it's pretty nightmarish. I'm already scared of this. Yeah, you should be. It's pretty horrific. I almost thought when I was a little kid that that praying mantis was going to say something to me. It, the face looks intelligent. But I thought it was going to say, here's why you're here, Ron. Here's your special purpose. Come with me. Come with me. We have to win back the kingdom. You're needed on our Oh, planet. God. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. That's, okay, that's really giving me 
the creeps, the way his body moves is so bizarre. Oh, my God. This is why the, this a, is... a robot praying mantis is going to be the scariest thing ever. When they start figuring out how to robot it. I, ma'am, you calling like that just made the, me have the worst day ever. <laughs> um, Margie, Louisiana. Hi, how are you? Cool in the gang, darling. Cool um, in the we gang. Have, well, good. We have a lot of praying mantises down here, and I, I did want to tell you, you do know they spit, right? They have a venom. They spit? Oh, my God. Yes, they like, spit. Like... That's how they uh, kill their prey, or they paralyze them. I felt that, but I thought it was jizz. That's why I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> no, no, it's not. That's but why I, I didn't also, want to tell anyone. Uh, I also wanted to tell you about the stick insect. Have you ever seen one of those? It what freaks is it? my children out. It's called a stick. The S-T-I-C-K. Yeah, the walking stick. Yeah, I've seen that like I've a seen. A walking stick is just a stick that you walk around town with. Oh, no. Look it up, and, and it's a bizarre-looking yeah. insect, and you can't tell if it's coming or going. And when my children would see it, it would freak them out because they couldn't tell which way they were going. Where do you live? In, like, Bug Tussle, Louisiana? I mean, how how far in the swamps are you? Oh, no, I'm in northern Louisiana, not southern Louisiana. Okay, so you're up closer, like Mississippi. Yes. All right. How far are you from, you know, where Elvis was born? Where Elvis is born, I am about four hundred miles from where Elvis is born in Tupelo. Yeah, well, if you were closer, I'd have you go over and get me a pen. All right, thank you so much, Margie. Oh yeah, God! The walking stick I've seen. Very creepy. I never Huge. saw it in real life, though. Did you? Yeah. This keeps me from wanting to go to any jungle area, and now I itch like there's a walking stick down my shirt. <laughs> I get that if I see a a bug, I'm itching for the rest of the day. No, you made me itch because if someone starts talking about bugs in hair. Like, what if one is in your shoe right now? I'm cutting off my foot. <laughs> I would cut off any part of my body that a bug touched. <laughs> uh. You know... There was always this thing. Remember, like, the beehive haircut? There'd always be yeah. some lie that a bug went in there and hatched. Girl's and got the- roaches in her hair. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> There's no bugs on my baby. <laughs> my little girl is a clean teen. Now, do you like that or the musical version that got done Ew, with John not Travolta? not the musical. I didn't even see it. I refused. Yeah. Because, you know why? I saw Travolta in the makeup, and I was like, I can't do it. I can't. Because you know I love Divine. But, um, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't even see that version. All right, you know, that uh, haircut, the beehive, looks like the Long Island medium today. Have you ever seen her hair? Yeah. Here's what I believe about her. Carney I, of all carnies. You know, she's the carny carny without any goddamn regard for anything. Like, she immediately came in and told Fez that his dad was trying to talk to him, you know? Oh, you, she, you, you had her Yeah, in? she came in one. Well, she's like, running Fez, I used to... So she came in. But here's my belief. Underneath that beehive, she's got, like, an earpiece in that she's working with someone. I think that's why she keeps her hair like that. And she'll be like, uh, the guy over here calls himself A-Train. Um, <laughs> he recently lost a grandmother. Make him start crying. 
bringing it up. She made them brownies. <laughs> she would have. Th- this is like what she does, though. All right. You're, you're, I think it could be your grandmother. Time. She used to love to make you food. and didn't, Yeah. She didn't say that you ate enough. She was like, eat more food. Yeah, um, my grandmother's Italian. She's always tell Oh, yeah. Did, uh, yeah, I'm hearing oh, manja or Italian food or pasta. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But then she also would like to have something sweet for you. Sweet. She loved to make cookies. And she used to love to hug you and she kiss. She did. And she's hugging you now. This is from, crazy. Yeah. This is so weird. She's yes. hugging you now. And she's saying something about a shoe or a sneaker hmm. Or a pant of um, some kind, or a, a vest. Yeah, a vest. yes, yes. She had a vest for you. I have her old vest. Yes, she did. She says, "Take care of that vest." She I wants am. you to take care of it. <laughs> but then she's also unhappy. You're what? dating someone she doesn't care for. Well, I just broke up with someone. Yes, she's saying good. Oh my god. Yes. This is so dead on. And, and it's terrible because these people are grieving. Well, they're trying to help. So is there a B? I'm seeing a B or an R or a vowel of some kind. You mean an S? Yes, an <laughs> S. So it's like Sammy or yeah. Sid or Sam Sid? Uh, is it Sam Sid? Mm, what is it? S- Steve. Steve. Yeah. Steven. Steven says me because up there everything's formal. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm getting uh, a little message under my fake hair. <laughs> She wanted me to, for you to give me thirty dollars <laughs> or forty. You know, I don't even know why she did a show because it's the same thing. I've I've seen the show. It's the same gimmick over and over. And one of the questions she always asked, and this is somebody who has just lost their mother, right. they just lost their father, and they're like, "Do you have something of hers?" Well, you know that right. anybody who loses a parent, you're going to have some stuff of theirs. Oh, something that's really precious, something that was hers that she wanted you to have. Yes, and she does it every episode, yeah. and they'll give it to you, like they'll hand it to her. Right. They'll 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 just take her all the way there. Yeah, because you you want to help solve problems. You want to do it. Of course. Uh, we're wrapping this one up today, but let's go over everything one by one. We want you to watch a television show mm-hmm. that we find to be fascinating. It's called Jinx. The Jinx. True crime show. Uh, also, go to the iBang and see the toddler, mm-hmm. the praying mantis, and the Jewish bar mitzvah kid acting like a lunatic. What other topics did we get to today? Um, I'm sure you want people to pick up the Nancy and Sinatra. Yes. Lee Nan- Hazelwood. Nancy and Lee. Nancy and Lee again. And Nancy and Lee 3. <laughs> for who, whoever's going deep with them. Real deep. Um, and anything else that we brought up today? I can't remember. Check out the Coming up a little video. later on, on the Ron and Fez show. Uh, you have another show? Yeah, I do another show. Oh. Well, Fez carries it. I just come in. I just stop by and just throw in a couple things from time to time. I'm like, that's funny, Bert. All right, <laughs> bandit. Um, but we will be here next week uh, with Bennington. And, um, oh, you know who I've got coming up a little later on today? Supposedly from the B-52s, the very lovely Kate Pearson. Um, and if you think... You don't love the B-52s. You haven't heard them lately. They're great. Because I, I, I dare you go to any uh, wedding now, they play Rock Lobster. Rock Lobster <laughs> shows up at weddings. And she rocked a beehive for a long time. She Yeah. And very, very colorful. Yeah. Very, very colorful. 
I love the B-52s. She's great. She's great. This is her first solo album, and I'm not going to say it to her or on the air, but this is how old she is. What? And she looks fantastic. You are shitting me. No, I'm not kidding at all. Not kidding at all. She looks fantastic. Mm, yeah, she's out of this world. All right, so that is just about up for us. I was going to say, do you have anything to plug? But you don't. I don't. Just this. Next for week. Next week. Yeah. You don't. Uh, you don't have things to plug though. No. Just this is my one. Uh, my one gig. Yeah, that's uh, the thing in life that people should be just like plugging. Just uh, and then I'm. Oh, you'll also be able to see me at check out my podcast. Read me at my podcast and my blogcast. <laughs> Doing a vlog cl- cast right now. My vlog. My blog. My podcast, my schmodcast, my Twitter, my Instagram, my Vine. But up on the iBank, to me, I think if I only could promote one thing to go see, it's the the little bar mitzvah kid mm-hmm. who uh, we have decided is the greatest entertainer of our generation. We've turned yeah. completely. We we think of him as he's the future. He he's is the truth, the light, the way. If Prince and Liberace had a baby. Well, A, it'd be stillborn. Oh, but God. if it was then brought back to life, it would be this lovely, lovely kid. Uh, E-Rock, plug your gig. I'm on at 7 p.m. now on Fridays uh, for two hours. They expanded the show. Whoa. I have Zachary Quinto and uh, Jason Isaacs on the show. That's today. a big show. Very cool. And then Sam is doing a short show today. It's uh, Wrestlers Who Died Naturally. So it'll just be... <laughs> A four or five minute show <laughs> at best. But Sam always does a great show in here every Friday. That is it for us kids. Thank you so much. Coming up next is, I want to say activated, but accelerated. that gets accelerated. Accelerate it while you hear all the shows being funny one into another. It's the future of radio. That's it for us guys. See you next time. Peace. <laughs> You've been listening to Bennington, only on OP Radio, XM 103, Sirius 206. You can listen to it again by going to Sirius XM On Demand.